What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? Tell me why you're shameless. Soda. I would love to have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Maple syrup. I will never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to wrestlingontherocks.com. I don't remember how this goes. <laughs> I'm Matt Ref Marshall at WTR the show. This is episode one again. Hey, uh. When it starts off like that, yeah. <laughs> this is, we're going, this is going to be fine. This will be fine. Here's the deal. I'm I'm remote. I mean, we're always we're always remote, but I'm extra remote. I'm in San Diego. I drove out of my way to go to a meet and greet yesterday for John Cena, and now I'm set up in my grandmother's house. So, so I'm not gonna be able to yell the iconics like I like the ironics thing like we like. I don't want to yell and spook everybody in the house. Um, I'm now ridiculously disheveled and unaware of what's happening and how we do this. Gonna, I'm out of my element. I think I'm just gonna hand it over to you. I got. I have a fake background behind me, like I'm Bishop from Terrible Wrestling Takes. I would say R.I.P., but he's bringing the show back, which is good. I think. I think we may be to blame for that. We had him on a couple times to talk wrestling. I think he had too much fun, and now he's like, "I could do this again." And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> The game has changed. <laughs> yeah, he's making his um, Gargano-like return with a uh, weird ranting flat promo that goes nowhere. That's how he did it. That's how Gargano did it. We're going to get into that. We're going to dig in to the return of both Bishop and Gargano this week in wrestling. Kev, how you doing, man? Good. Anything in there? Nice. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Really good. Had a really good time yesterday. Uh, matter of fact, we'll start with what's in your glass, and then I'm going to tell you what's in mine. I have to grab my glass. But I'm just, it's Miller time, baby. Straight Miller light. Oh, there you go. There you go. So, Not bad at all. So what I'm doing... Is I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put him over I'm gonna put him over here a little bit I don't know if you've heard of John Cena he's a nice enough guy uh, he's partnering with Thomas Ashbourne Crafted Spirits to make these cocktails uh, his is the old fashioned if you look up Thomas Ashbourne uh, and it's A S H B O U R N E uh, if you look them up um, then uh, uh, you can see they have a bunch of different mixed drinks, margaritas, Cosmos, and stuff, and they partner with celebrities in almost all of them. Like, their Cosmos done with Sarah Jessica Parker. But the old-fashioned, uh, and the other ones I don't remember. I know it's Vanessa Hudgens and some other people in it, but that was the only one that stuck out. Um, but this one, the old-fashioned, is done with John Cena. Even on the side, it says, The goal of this old-fashioned is to approach cocktails the same way I approach life, with passion, hard work, focus, loving the process, and enjoying the result. I believe we have raised the standards for this iconic cocktail. Iconic! cocktail doesn't say hustle loyalty and respect it doesn't say with hustle loyalty and respect 
Uh, and this does say a uh, hint of sweet maple wood, aromas of caramel, and notes of bright orange bitters. This is now currently available in Albertsons, Vons, and Total Wines, according to their, their social media. And I'm sure you probably find it other places. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and open it up here right now. And I'm going to have a taste of it for the first time. This bottle is not signed by John Cena, but this one is. Oh, here we go. John Cena signed two of these bottles for me and Producer Lady, and pictures will be coming onto our social media soon enough, uh, and you will uh, not see us. <laughs> I, uh, I, I told uh, someone in the line, I was like, it may be best for us to ask him to just get out of the chair because there was like two leather chairs you're sitting in. And I was like, because if we... Don't send a picture uh, with it, with where you where you can't see him. People won't believe it. Like it's either with an empty chair or people will say we never met him. This is the bottle. Someone said they can't see it. I'll hold up the signed one. I think it's the one that they're asking about. I cannot get this bottle open, dude. <laughs> there he goes, Thomas. Boy. Oh my God, it keeps disappearing into the thing. There we go. Signed, John Cena, which is really cool, dude. Like having a signed booze bottle for us it is awesome oh my yeah God, you can put it right next to the resting on the rocks crown yep crown with the resting on the rocks on it all right well this is becoming very problematic so all right all right we're getting we're making moves all right well that was the bottom of it now the top is stuck oh my god i put it in the freezer and now it's like wet and sweaty I cannot get this. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. There we go. Opened. And I'm going to pour myself a glass. I hope you can pick up that crazy noise. There we go. Um, he says in the chat, so we got Datner Dat says where was this from uh we got it from a vons in uh, san diego you can get it from vons albertson's and total wines tom ashbourne old-fashioned um God. safeway too right i don't know vons and safeway i think Albertson. i think that they're in the same family so i got to imagine gray member says use your strong hand it's the wrong one. It's this. It's the hand I do magic tricks with. That's why he says that. No other reason. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm ready to. I'm ready to try it. Finally. All right. Let's see. I'm taking a picture for posterity. All right, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Old fashioned John Cena crafted. Don't throw up. That is really good. I've had a lot of old fashions that because they use like the orange and the burnt that it's kind of kind of like a harsh, almost an ashiness to it. Uh, this does not have that. This is a lot more caramelly. It's really smooth and easy. Like there's very little Sunday bite morning. on the, yeah, it's very little, uh, very little bite on the end of there. And I've had a lot of old fashions with a good, a good bite, you know, mm-hmm. kick you in the teeth. Yeah, where like you have it and it's all like, oh, did like, well, some of them will even, they'll light part of the orange peel on fire, drop it into your cocktail, mm-hmm. and it gives it a, almost a harshness, less of a smokiness, but just like an ashiness. But I mean, I used to have old fashions a lot when I lived in New York. Um, and as far as like pre made cocktail ones, like 
This is fantastic. Um, and they're cheap. If I'm being it. honest, it's a fifteen dollar bottle. Would be go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say John Cena would be like the old fashioned type. I know. When it said that, I was like, oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> so perfect. Um, when I took the picture with him, I was holding a cigar. I went, ran to the Rite Aid and got a really shitty <laughs> cigar. So I could be all like, I'm going to tell everyone I had a cigar with you. Uh, Justin Time <laughs> says, cheers, Ironics. Um, Datner Deck, we said hi to Grim Reapers coming through saying hi. That's what he does. Um, but yeah. No ding dong? No ding dong. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's usually a, a Splinter Fox. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah. No, he's probably still around. He just hasn't been on in a while. <laughs> <laughs> One of these times, you're going to be correct and feel like an ass. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say rest in peace. Everyone's going to be like, I didn't realize. And then they're going to look at it and be like, oh, yeah, he did. I'm like, what do you mean he did? Like, it's going to be tragic. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to break down on the thing. Uh, I've also got some water and coffee over here. So if you see me drinking out of other things, it's because I'm trying to make this 375 milliliter bottle last. Because I know if, if I finish it now, and I don't have any for tomorrow. A, not only will produce later be livid that she didn't get to have any, but I'm gonna need some for the show tomorrow. So you're gonna see me with a bunch of drinks. That's all I'm saying. If you're watching, even if you're listening on podcasts, this makes no difference to you. This is terrible. You can always go to the store and get more. That's what I said I wanted to do. I think tomorrow afternoon I'm gonna go back. Here's the deal. I'm not the reason I said at Avon's and not Witch Vons. I'm going back because there was not as big a turnout as I thought there was going to be. It was a pretty easy thing to go through. I wouldn't be surprised. A, I'm sure that everyone who worked there got a chance to buy one if there was leftovers. But I wouldn't be surprised if they put a few and sprinkled them in their their displays. So they're just in there. You know what I mean? So I want to go back and just yeah. kind of look around and see if there's like one or two dangling around somewhere. But either way, I'm not trying to be greedy about it. I'm pretty happy with what we got, but it's actually really good. So I'm going to want some more in the house anyways. So, uh, Datner dad sees, does say, uh, uh, everybody has a liquor now. You're a true celebrity. If you don't dude, that's true. And to be honest, uh, I'm in for it because I like, uh, kitschy stuff. I like gimmicky things. I mean, if you notice all the merch behind us is all based off something. By the way, let me throw that out there before we get started because we really should get started. I was here. wondering. We really need to get started. <laughs> but producer lady was wearing – I was wearing our episode one shirt, and my and producer lady was wearing um, the pointless aggression shirt, which is uh, – you can see the sweater here for sale at wrestlingontherocks.com slash shop. Behind, it, behind me is the merch, Kev. I know you can't see me. I, I just put a yeah. picture of the merch. So it's, right. yeah. Um, but the pointless aggression shirt – you know, she was more than halfway through the line. You know what I mean? There was a bunch of people who we saw who he saw before us. When we got there, he told her, he goes, by the way, he goes, you win for best shirt of the of the day. And she was just like, oh, my God. She didn't like say anything. She said, like, thank you. But it made him laugh. He saw it. He smirked. And then he goes, you win for best shirt of the day. Like, pointless aggression made him laugh. And I was like, hey, if pointless aggression makes John Cena laugh, then everyone without a pointless aggression shirt is wrong. You're just wrong. Yeah. yeah. So it was a good did day. You, did you tell him where he can get his own? Yeah. Pointless aggression shirt. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, why didn't you just take it off and give it to him? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been okay with that. Yeah. Look, not every situation calls for you to just be walking around topless in a grocery store, but this situation calls for that. Yeah. If he had liked my shirt, I would have had to. This is just the dice we roll. Yeah. So, but it was good. It was a good time. 
so yeah, um, yeah, these bottles, 15 bucks, they were on sale for $3 off each. So we paid 12 bucks to meet John Cena and get a bottle of booze. Like, that was a good day. Good day. But all right. Oh, here's the one bit of news. Because you'd asked if there was any news. I said, no, there's not. But there is, however, a headline that made me laugh. So much so that I was already sent it to GR Lunar, who's not in our chat. Uh, because all we do in our DMs on Twitter is just basically shitpost on each other. Like, look at this, and then we make fun of it. One of the things <laughs> that came up was Mustafa Ali had an interview it looks like he was um on a fan suggest oh it looks like it was on twitter on twitter someone had suggested to him that he should come out to hulk hulk hogan's real american theme song his response to that fan on twitter was at one point that was the plan (laughs) (laughs) i i mean i for yeah first off when Secondly, whose plan? Thirdly, yeah. who greenlighted the concept? Like, I could definitely understand a talent thinking that would be funny and cool or something to play off of. I don't see a world where any person in WWE says, yeah, we should definitely have you come out to Hulk Hogan's theme song consistently. Like, it's one thing when Dolph Ziggler's gimmick is he's coming out and making fun of people in their entrances because he's making fun of him not having an entrance because that's part of his character for the time being. But it's a whole other thing to be all like, no, 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 I'll just adopt his theme song. Like, I do get that part of it is obviously the, the, it would be the heel nature of people not accepting him and he is an American and a Muslim and all that stuff should be accepted and he shouldn't be a heel by that for, by default and all that stuff makes sense and there's story there. But to be like, and then I'll come out to Hulk Hogan's theme song, I don't see anyone in the back being like, Yep, we'll do that consistently. <laughs> like, that sounds like a one and done. Yeah. Well, my other thing is, where did this Twitter user come up with it? Like, if, like it sounds like he pulled it out of his ass just out of nowhere. And they're like, oh, yeah, that was actually a thing. It's true, too. Is it? Because, like, I don't know any, like, back story or history between the two and... Well, there's none between the two of them. It's just that the idea that, that I mean, Mustafa's, uh, um, especially if you look at his Twitter, a lot of people come at him with the hate of leave the country and go back there and this. And he's obviously a proud American, you know, Chicago PD. And he's also very proud of being a Muslim and of his religion and wants that level of equality and the lack of just general hate for the sake of it without like, knowing who he is as a person or anything. So I get that there's that, like when people say, go back to your country and he's like, but I'm an American. Like I get that there's a a story there and maybe an irony with like, I'm a real American. I am also have heritage, you know, that goes multicultural. Like, so I can get that. I can, I can see the thought process and how we might get there. I don't see the thought process where a creative person in WWE says, we're going to use this iconic music that we use to get big reactions for this old legend on a new Mm. guy for sake of this consistently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like whose plan? (laughs) You know, I could see you probably pitched it. Yeah. That reminds me of TNA days when, uh, who is it? Jay lethal Mm -hmm. black and cheese 
Yeah. He was like doing everything Randy Savage-ish. Yeah. That's true. But... Yeah. Yeah. But it made me laugh. I mean, and I get the concept, but uh, yeah, I was kind of like, okay, you probably pitched it, but no, I don't believe for a second that that was entertained for very long. You know? Yeah. But... You know, who are we? We don't know anything. We're just a bunch of idiots online talking for fun. And, you know. Yeah. He's going to know more about yeah. it than we will. <laughs> we we can say we don't believe him, but that doesn't mean that it's not true also. <laughs> yeah. Like, it could very well be true. And I might just, just not, I might not believe him for no reason other than, than I don't. And he's like, he would know, but I don't believe him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kuro's in the chat, says Marsh is the best ref. Yeah, he still hasn't hired me for his Canadian promotion. So, <laughs> just saying, just saying. Uh, Kev, let's talk wrestling. Let's talk let's about do it. it. Let's get into it. There was a lot that happened here uh, this week. A bunch going on. Mm-hmm. SmackDown started with Ronda Rousey coming out. Uh, I was kind of demanding. She wanted uh, Adam Pierce to to. Take away her suspension. Yeah, reinstate her. And he comes out and he's like, I can't do that. And it's like, I don't know. There was a lot of weirdness to the concept behind the segment. But I thought the segment went well enough. She looks tough. She looks like a badass. I think that she's doing a good job talking. Like, I didn't have any issues with it. I thought it was funny. It was episode 1200 of SmackDown. And McAfee um, said that SmackDown first opened up with Michael Cole and Jim Cornette on commentary. I don't even know if that's true. But I would have to venture to guess it's not. Uh, what would you think of that? Um, I thought it was kind of just weird and clunky. Uh-huh. Like, you know, where are they going with it? Like, to me, it's just, I understand you want Rhonda on TV. That's fine. Uh-huh. But don't sit there and say, oh, she's suspended. And she's, you know, coming out here and then getting arrested. But my, uh, Pierce decided to not press charges, you know, later in the show. And, yeah, just, to me, it's a waste of time. Yeah. I mean, SmackDown, you know, has been the best show in wrestling for the past, you know, three, four years. And to waste five minutes like that just seems like it was just that, just wasted airtime. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Because, you know, um, I don't know what they were trying to do. Like, you know, she's a heel. She's doing her thing. The police come. Not the Mounties, but the police. That's true. I thought that, too. I thought it was funny. I was at, uh, when they came out, producer lady went, is that what Canadian police look like? I was like, I thought they were Mounties, but I'll be honest. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's a good chance I'm way off, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, then she just willingly goes. You know, I'm glad that you know, they didn't do the whole shtick where she attacks cops and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I don't know, it was just like I said, to me just wasted time. Yeah. To yeah. open the show with that I don't get. 
Here's what I think they're doing with the opening the show that way. And I think this is this is the one part I do get is they're trying to open the show differently than they're than they have been. They're trying to just shake up the feeling of it. Okay. And here, instead of just having a promo segment, you have Rhonda coming out of the crowd and taking over the show. On Raw, you have uh, the thing, and it immediately cuts to Seth Rollins Riddle, and Riddle yeah. in a fight in the back that leads out to the audience, and there's just a lot of chaos. They're trying to open it as though, like, almost in a sense, they're trying to open the show like they don't have control of the show. Like... Mm-hmm. Like there's, it's so tough for them to get the show going, you know what I mean? And they want to prove that they're struggling with Vince. They're without Vince. That's that's. I like the concept of that. It's like at some point you could have someone come out and be like, Triple H, you got to get it together. Before you got here, there was never a problem with everyone standing in line and waiting their turn. And now you have people just, you can't even get the show started on time. You can't get it started right. Every time you cut in, somebody's doing something somewhere and you can't get your talent out there. People are all over the place. Don't you, No one respects, you know what I mean? Like you could easily actually turn yeah. it into a storyline. The difficult part is it's a storyline against Triple H. But then again... You could do it reasonably as like a storyline of need of authority, right? Mm-hmm. So Triple H doesn't have to end up in the ring, but he could appoint a GM and a commissioner and stuff like that, you know? Okay. Or just, you know, say, okay, these are my guys. They're going to be the ones to keep the order. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And... I wonder yeah. if that's actually what they're doing, because that'd actually be really smart long-term wise if he's like hey let's do this in a way that looks like we're losing control to the point where i have to instate a gm and a commissioner because there's usually no reason for it right almost all the yeah. time it's just kind of like and here's page and now mm-hmm. we got kurt angle you know what i mean like this would be a really cool way to end story be like i need a group of authority to get these guys in line you think we get Steph and shane again I think it would be great if we did. I think Stephanie, as co-CEO, probably doesn't have the time. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see a Big E in a role like that. Uh, no, I, I wouldn't. Just for the simple fact is, like, I want him back as a talent. And it, you know it's only going to be part-time. Yes, but I think that while he's healing, it would be nice. And you don't need just heels running the stuff. And we know he's out of the brace. And I'm not saying he's got to take a bump, but he could be a jovial um, authority figure that eventually mm-hmm. leads to him getting back in ring and him needing a new authority figure because he's finally cleared. But I agree with you too. I'd like to see him just in the ring, but it's going to be a while. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I know Road Dog came back. Road Dog is back. He'd be fine to come out as a as a role like that. Uh, that is news. Uh, HBK is really heavy on the NXT thing now, though. Mm-hmm. I could, I could, I think it would be funny, and I think that it could be done well with them in charge. It wouldn't X-Pac. be the worst thing to have X Pac. Yeah, have yeah. X Pac, <laughs> have Road Dog. You know what I mean? Have have Shawn Michaels become a little more on air on NXT. And then you have, remember the state of the WWE address they gave? Mm-hmm. That's actually real now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> Turns out that's not far fetched anymore. It was just foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like you want to talk about long storm, long, long term storybook telling. Yeah. 
30 years later. Yeah, this was a joke we at the time. We told you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was foreshadowing. Uh, Kuro does say those were not Montreal police uniforms. They were the ones Montreal uses for film and TV because Montreal doesn't allow the filming of uniformed officers. Probably because they're riding moose. I imagine it's going to be really difficult to keep them in keep them together uh justin does say so far the ronda segments have pretty much been repetitive for weeks now they have i think that there's been small twists as we go my biggest concern is that it's not i mean i guess i I get building up to anything interesting not really like right now her frustrations are with adam pierce yeah it's a little bit with Liv, a little bit with shayna mostly adam pierce so I don't know where exactly you go, and there's not enough hints along the way, but it does keep her on TV, and she doesn't take up too much time, and she's been doing fine with it, so it's a little it's a little weird. Uh, yeah, and by the way, I was looking it up. I, I can't find every, any evidence that Jim Cornette ever even uh, commentated a single episode of SmackDown, let alone the original one. Uh, and I don't think, I, I don't know that, was Michael Cole the commentator in 99? I feel like he was still... Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. I thought Ronda did okay in it, though. Let's see. Then we had uh, Natalia and Sonya against Toxic Attraction. So what was made this really interesting was that uh, they said Zoe Stark got injured and that um, Nikita Lyons was non, not medically available to travel mm-hmm. to Canada. Just a nice way of saying that. Uh so Gigi and JC come out and they win this match and we start thinking, Oh, I think, cause I think we talked about it last week. Uh, or no, we didn't. We talked about, well, we talked about last week. If they come out, you know, like, are they going to take the NXT women the whole way? Right. This was yeah. another thing that made you think that that could happen. They did win. I'm going to be honest with all due respect. This match got really sloppy in a number of places. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chemistry was off. Natty was super, compensating for I think Toxic Traction was nervous I think their yeah. their big show jitters were definitely on display uh, but now we know also in hindsight well now Gigi's been injured so now they're saying not looking gonna... good for in NXT, NXT. <laughs> yeah dude they're hey really... use your call up oh you're hurt oh here you're gonna come up oh you're hurt yeah it's really like how much effort are they trying to I mean they they tried so hard to get these women from NXT on this show so they can be like hey guys Jeez. watch NXT and now it's just all like no they're all just breaking and fragile and not ready this did not pan out well this was not like when they did the survivor series where NXT swept this is the opposite yeah you all right what's going on i'm watching the first episode of smackdown to see who the commentators were yeah damn that opening back in the day how how many people had epileptic seizures watching that yeah dude Holy they shit. had a lot of lights and pyro <laughs> 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 yep yep uh but it was cool to see toxic traction on the main on the main roster and i felt like that you know not much time and yeah. i feel like they'd be ready for it i thought they had a good look out there so it was cool but dude this is the big segment for me this was unbelievable after this Sami Zayn with Roman Reigns those two dudes play off each other so incredibly well it's unreal 
the subtleties Roman had in all of his facial expressions. I loved even the way they shot it. They shot it with Roman closer to the camera and even inched closer mm-hmm. on the couch with Sammy sitting back. So Sammy looked like he was half the size of Roman. Roman was just this massive domineering entity. And honestly, Sammy just looked like this little nervous kind of kind of squirrely guy. Dude, it was so funny to me. Both of them going back and forth. It's amazing. And I loved that, you know, Roman telling him, hey, uh, you got to let KO understand that I don't owe anybody anything. And he was like, oh, we, I, we don't talk that much. He goes, but I can make sure he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't really talk as much as we used to. <laughs> yeah. We're still friends, but mm-hmm. not as close. Yeah. You know, it was great watching them. Like you said, they feed off of each other, like, really well. And, yeah, it was got the point across. You know, Sammy was, like, seemed like he was kind of nervous that, you know, finally get my meeting with big goose mm-hmm. you know and yeah i thought it was pretty cool dude i mean i thought it was going to be good because these two dudes are on the, the top of their games right now and it's still mm-hmm. it's still managed to uh exceed my expectations it was better than i imagined and i thought it was going to go perfectly I was like, this is going to be can't miss. And then I watched it and I was like, this is required viewing, actually. <laughs> this is so good. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, this is like something that you show the the guys in uh, the performance center and say, hey, this is the kind of chemistry you guys need to have with each other and build off of each other and, you know. And remain in the identity like of your that. own character. Your character needs yeah. to be so identifiable that you can play off each other this way and this well. Like, no point did either character do anything that was remotely even close to out of character. Neither of them cracked. Neither of them seemed like out of place. It was like, here's two completely different spectrum type talents coexisting in such a fashion that they both look better for it. And it's amazing. Like, this could have been a clash of personalities in every way, and it was just not... Uh, so watching this, you know, I'm trying to skip around just to see the commentators, but yeah. I forgot that Shawn Michaels was the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. See? yep. He's already got experience. Do it again. That's what I'm saying. He knows what he's doing. He's like, yeah. I did a I did a mediocre job back then. I could do another mediocre job now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and this time, Vince will get mad at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, during the women's tag match, one thing I didn't bring up, Bailey came out with EO and Dakota and sat behind Michael Cole and Pat McAfee and was yelling at them the whole time. Yeah. I mean, just perfection. It was so funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ding dong. <laughs> She's so obnoxious. So it was Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross. That's what I thought. In the first two. Yeah. That they, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, that's why I thought it was funny when Mac said they... Jim Cornette yeah. and Michael Cole. I was like, I think he's just trying to talk about how old they are. But they've never sat next to each other in anything that I could ever yeah. remember. Well, I just wonder if they don't want to say Jim Ross because AEW. Well, and then, so you had Jim Ross and Lawler, right? Yeah. To get it going. And then at some point, the, the SmackDown team became uh, uh, Taz and Michael Cole. 
So I think that when he's saying Michael Cole did the first one, he was just trying to think of somebody else old <laughs> that wasn't in AEW <laughs> that he could get away with. And I think that that was one when he chose. And it was funny to me. I laughed. Uh, yeah, because I even told uh, Producer Lady, I was like, I don't think, uh, I was like, I think by 99, Cornette had been out of the company for like two years. Yeah. Like, I think he left in like 98, 97. Um, yeah, just time says Michael Cole, I believe was still a backstage interview at the time. Yeah. I was like, uh, but I did like Bailey, uh, being as obnoxious as possible behind Michael Cole while they're trying to do their thing. Pat McAfee, obviously pitting them against each other. Mm -hmm. So funny. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I can only tell you about how amazing that was, uh, over and over again, because I don't, I won't take any slander for it. So we can move on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dude, what do you think of the Hit Row Maximale model thing? Maximale models came out and they're doing their thing and they get interrupted by Hit Row. And at first I'm like, all right, at least they're getting interrupted now so we can get to a story. But then mm -hmm. Hit Row just throws out all of the male models and then they start singing a song and they sing an entire song and it's like six minutes long. Yeah. And the first bit of it, I was like, okay, but they went to the same hook kind of a lot. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember what it was. I keep thinking We Back or something like that. Yeah, We Back, We All the Way Back. Yeah. Yeah, We All the Way Back, We Back, All the Way Back. Yeah, yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Uh, which is also fine. I get that that's how music can be, but really put It's also because today's music sucks. Yeah, well, that could be too. It could just be that today's music sucks. <laughs> It's definitely not going to be on a TikTok, but, I'll be honest. <laughs> I just want like people in the crowd to start singing that song when they're in the like back row. Mm -hmm. Way back, all the way back. That actually be good. Uh, <laughs> it also did a weird thing where I thought all three of them were pretty decent as far as when they would do their music segments in NXT. This mm -hmm. really made Ashante the Adonis look bad. Yeah. He had very little to say and do the whole time. And I was all like, oh, yeah. oh are you worse than this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, B-Fab no, was fine. AJ was fine when he was doing his rap. But none of them, like, mm -hmm. shot out to me as, like, oh, my God, these guys are amazing. And then Ashanti did his yeah. thing, and it was like, I can't believe we wasted so many hooks to get to Ashanti's part. We could have skipped that whole part. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Oh. Although but Justin, yeah, I think, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's weird that they came out, interrupted him, which I was fine with, then threw him out, and then I was like, okay, we're going to get a um, a match, you know, with them. I'm like, all right, cool, this would be cool, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking that B-Fab was going to do something to towards uh, Maxine, and then, excuse me, I thought we were going to get Los Lotharios out there, like, protecting him. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. this would be cool, like, you know, you know, because we had it, what, last week, right, where they're, oh, we're talking to her type of thing, her promo. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it was whatever, you know, they just ran away, and then at the end, they saw Maxine dancing to the thing, and... Yeah, that's true. Max Dupree come out Dupree. and says, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Stop hey, hey, hey. whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Which, 
I didn't. I mean, like, I, yeah. I, I don't understand why he even got mad at that too. Because I'm like, all right, if they were doing a model thing, okay. If the models were trying to sing and then they come out singing, you know, hey, you're supposed to support our group type of thing. But yeah, it was just weird. It was kind of weird. I do think Justin makes kind of a good point, though. He goes, the live performance wasn't the greatest, but I'll take it over Max Male Models still doing absolutely nothing. This was something. And it was something yeah. that could lead to a match. I mean, you could even do a triple threat. Like, you could do a tag team with mm -hmm. one woman, or you could even do a women's match and a tag team match. It still doesn't quite lead to Max Dupree in the ring. And I don't think Sophia Cromwell, the Maxine Dupree, we never saw her in the ring in NXT. So I don't know that Maxine knows much how to wrestle. Like, I just don't know. We only yeah. saw her as like a side valet type. And we have seen BFAB wrestle and she was not impressive. So I don't know if you want, you know what I mean? So I think that's a bit weird, but I guess as far as like, talking smack and then getting into the ring the women could do a lot more smack talk and the men could do a lot more fighting and that could potentially work i don't know i'm curious because i do like both teams i just don't know what we're doing here and it didn't it didn't quite connect and make sense like you said mm -hmm. but like justin said it's not nothing <laughs> they could have yeah. given us nothing i mean okay. yeah i mean it, it definitely seems like it's the start of something yes but then we had that last week with los Lotharia, so Yes. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. That's true. Yeah, they started Lotharios and moved on, and I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Just seems like everyone's hitting on Maxine Dupree. That's got to get under Max's skin at some point. Mm -hmm. Leave my sister alone, dude. It's my sister. Gosh. <laughs> um, what do you think of the Killer Cross promo here? Uh, video package uh, talking about Drew McIntyre. Uh, they chose you and they were wrong. Chosen one, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was all right. I saw a lot of people shit on it. You know, I wouldn't go that far. Like, I don't think it was bad by any means. Yeah. You know, it was good. It's, you know, it just, to me, it's a little weird because we're, you know, we're going towards uh, Drew versus Roman. Mm -hmm. So then to have this like third wheel out there, it's just like, Hey, I'm going after Drew. And it's like, or, you know, Drew's in the way of getting to Roman. It's like a little weird, but yeah. I like it at the same time. Cause you know, I like cross and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. and I like how the, the hourglass keeps showing up yep. in random yep. places. Yeah. I think that's good. I actually really like this cross thing because I think that the idea of utilizing Drew this way is fantastic. Because, yeah, his storyline has always been, I was the chosen one, I got fired. I had to prove myself, and I did, and now I'm back, and now I'm on top, and I got a sword. Sword. We haven't seen. We haven't seen a sword in a while, and I've been digging that. Triple H is like, give me that back. That was actually a present I gave to Vince, and everyone knows it. I'm taking it back. Vince took it on the way out. Yes. <laughs> and this is mine. <laughs> <laughs> Just all mad. Well, I'm taking my stapler and the sword. And the sword. <laughs> oh, interesting. Grandpa said that he did find a network special in April of 1999 to introduce SmackDown to start in the fall of 99. 
Cornette and Cole were commentating on that. The corporate ministry was formed on this special episode. That's fascinating. Yeah. That's fascinating. Grim Reaper, true journalist right Thank here. You. Fact checker, like Facebook. Yeah. yeah. Nerd. A... Narc. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. He's the wrestling on the rocks fact checker. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can't give him an official title because he's going to expect some kind of merch. Like, I only pay in merch, and some of it's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got this from a raffle somewhere. You can have it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm loving it because of the story being um, – oh, yeah, and Grimmer said J.R. and King did the Fall 99 launch. So there was, like, a soft opening that was Cole and Cornette. That's pretty cool. Uh, that's a fun little fact, too. Yeah. Um, what I like about it is, you know, Drew was the chosen one. Oh, I'm the chosen one. Ooh. I'm half robot. And then Carrion can come in as the person who was meant to disrupt the chosen one, but was held down by the system. And now he can say they were wrong and I'm back to prove it. I've weaseled my way back in. I think it's been doing an amazing job to rebuild him as a credible anything. He'd lost so much yeah. credibility across the board for him to be all like, no, no, no. I was being held down and made to look a fool. And now no one can hold me down because I'm stronger than ever. There's like, mm -hmm. oh, and like you said, the placement of the hourglass places has been eerie and cool. And it's all like, oh, shoot. Like, it's really obvious and on the nose all the time. Drew does a thing, walks away, camera zooms in on the hourglass. And you're like, oh. But also sometimes in TV shows, it's just fine to be on the nose and be all like, yeah, this isn't complex foreshadowing. It's in-your-face foreshadowing, letting you know. This guy's nearby. What do you think of that? And you go, oh, I think that that's cool. I want to see them fight. They're both big dudes who fight. He's a stalker. He's a stalker. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I'm so excited for the cross stuff, dude. And to me, he's such a baby face. Anyone who goes in there and just rips apart Drew McIntyre, I'm just getting cheers in my house and he'll never stop getting cheered. I want him to absolutely decimate Drew so bad. Just destroy him. TikTok. Like the Terminator. Yeah. Destroy the robot. <laughs> That's true. The robot's lost in the end there, pal. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I'm the Scottish Terminator. Ooh. Oh, um, also, because I'm remote today, no fart gun, so I apologize to everyone. Who I was, was going to ask. <laughs> yeah, I went to grab it because I thought of Drew and thought Mac and fart. Here we go. <laughs> It's no, no fart gun. So I'm going to have to just force out a real fart. I was going to say, you just got to use the real thing. <laughs> yeah. Be right back. Give me five oh. yeah. Just keep talking. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, hold on, man. I think a bishop just slipped out. It's <laughs> a terrible wrestling takes joke. <laughs> Welcome back, but you are poop. <laughs> See, I also figure if um, if we keep antagonizing him, he has to come on our show and do something about it. So, um, dude, so this match after that was a fatal five way for the number one contendership of the Intercontinental Championship. It had yep. Sami Zayn, Ricochet, Madcap Moss, Happy Corbin, and Sheamus. Yep. This was. Obvious. I mean, which part was obvious? 
what was going to happen. The yeah. I would say mostly obvious with a hint of they could, they could do something different, but it felt pretty pretty solid what they were doing you know what i mean like there was no shock to the winner but there were definitely moments and characters involved that you could you could make an argument for but no shock to the win and when the win happened you went yep that's what i expected that's what i thought i'm happy this is where we were here i'm looking forward to this this is what i wanted but in fairness an argument could have made for most people in that match i mean but it's still i knew it wasn't gonna be ricochet (laughs) Because but you could make the once, argument. But not once did they ever mention that Gunther got the title off of Ricochet. No, but they Ricochet did mention he was a. Fo- they did mention that he was a former Intercontinental Champion, but they did not mention that yeah, he lost two of his the guys that in there. Yeah, mm-hmm. were IC champions. Yeah. But yeah, like you knew going to um, Cardiff. Cardiff excuse me, that they needed, or that they were going to put Sheamus in there somewhere. Yeah. Like, he had to be. They have to. You know, like, if, if Becky wasn't hurt, he knew she was going to be. She's you know, probably still got to show up, I imagine. At least do meet and greets or something. Uh, a host? Yeah. I'm the host at Clash of the Castle? What is it called? I still cannot get this name right. Cat. Clash of know. the Castle. Is it Clash of the Castle? Such a bad name. Yeah, it's Clash of the Castle. No. <laughs> <can> never hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you know Finn's going to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Like, WWE is so obvious when it comes to, hey, we're going over here, you know, like the whole gender thing in India. Yes. It's like, he's not even from India. Yes. He's from Canada. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it's so obvious. So, you know, once again, like, I, I love Sheamus, so I have no complaints being in. Him versus Gunther is going to be an amazing match. It's going to be so good. And, yeah. Like, Dude, strong stuff. Who like, do just you like with Shinsuke. Do you think either person's going to be able to breathe comfortably for the days after? Uh, I think you're going to yeah, see a lot Kaiser. of... Ch- I think Kaiser? Yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah. Well, maybe not. No. He actually might not. They might both beat him up. Because if Kaiser, you know what I mean, gets involved <laughs> right? and doesn't do well, and Sheamus collapses his chest, then Gunther's going to collapse his lungs. Like, dude, the amount of chest hits in this match is going to be crazy. Oh, yeah. They're both. Remember Daniel Bryan in, was it, the greatest Royal Rumble? Yes. Like, his hamburger on his chest. Like, that's the way yep. these guys' chests are going to look. Yep. They're done. They're done for. Yeah. They're And, and you know what? In, in the UK, this is their mania. This is their lifetime mania. This is a stadium show in mm. the UK. Both of these guys have never performed in a stadium in, in their relatively home country, right? Because it's specifically, I believe, in Wales, which isn't necessarily where either guy is from, but you're closer to your home than ever. It's probably the largest stadium to their house. You know what I mean? Like the house they grew up in probably doesn't have a stadium that size closer. That's probably the closest stadium to any no, place they live. A bunch of stadiums around there. No way. The only soccer teams are around there. Dude, football doesn't even bring in viewership. Yes, football does. European kickball is no big deal. 
<laughs> say that in Cardiff. <laughs> Go say in Cardiff, bitch. No. Bitch. Uh, just in time does say I would have been all for Sammy winning as well the story of him trying to impress the bloodline that he's got to step in there with Gunther would have been great 100% that's what I mean the argument could have been made on a few of these guys and Sammy's definitely one of them yeah. especially being in Canada especially getting the the ovation it, he was getting was so cool it, but oh it they, was amazing, amazing. Like, Sammy was even taken back by it yes like, he looked at him and he was like alright like I got something to do I gotta be the heel here <laughs> yeah <laughs> But then everyone in that match is so smart. Not everyone. But, but everyone in that match is so smart that Corbin and Sheamus both went, oh, yeah. you really like him. Oh, huh? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can see the way that they change things. Like, yep. And then. And you can see I, the way that Sammy fed them differently. Oh, yeah. Because, like, I'm trying to think, you know, they've been in Canada before. Mm-hmm. And. I don't think Sammy's ever gotten the ovation that he did before. Like he's always gotten a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, this one was amazing. Like it was like, holy shit. And like, I don't know if it was planned beforehand, but you know, it, it almost seemed, excuse me, that he was like, Hey, I'm going to like keep getting up. Just knock me down. Yeah. Anyone just knock me down. Keep me out of the, you know? Yeah. And you know, as soon as he got up, yeah. Boo. Boo. And they were just booing everyone that hit Sammy. It was great. Dude, at one point, Corbin was doing something with someone else and realized the, the reaction Sammy was getting mm-hmm. and tossed that guy to the side. Or even just, like, dropped him. I forget what it was. It might have been Ricochet. Was Madcap. It was my, Madcap or it was Ricochet. Just kind of, like, yeah. put him back down and walked over to Sammy just mm-hmm. to hear the boos for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've said it before. Corbin is. He may be happy, Corbin. He is a Sith Lord. He feeds off the hate. More than any human in the world. Part of the dark side. Yeah. Let the hate flow through you. Oh, that's Corbin. Corbin's like, already doing it. Already doing it, dude. Why are you saying it like this? I'm already living in it. Watch this. Yeah. Yeah. If the Emperor had, like, shot that lightning at Corbin, he would have just, like, stepped into it, chest out, and been like, mmm. Yeah. Start rubbing his nipples. Ooh. Yeah, it feels like a lot. That's like hate electric. Yeah. Give me more. Turn it up. Pulls out some like straw. <laughs> Trying to sip on the electricity. That's 100% cool. Pulls out, pulls out a lightning rod. Come yeah. on, make it stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd make a metal butt plug joke, but it'd be inappropriate to my grandmother's house. So I won't. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. I won't, I won't go near there. I won't even <laughs> suggest it. <laughs> For, you know. I could just see your grandma in the other room sitting in. Be like, oh, little Marsh is doing his, his show. I gotta support him. Mm. Even just hearing that. I'd make a butt plug joke. Right mm-hmm. be like, oh. His brother's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I walk out, all my bags are packed by the door. It's been good. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The crowd was so on fire for Sammy that it it made it almost like dude, it gave me goosebumps. And I'm not that kind. I'm not that type of person. But I was getting like choked up for him. Like this has to be amazing for him. He's such a hero here. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, like I said, you could see him just eating it in. Yeah. You know, just like feeding off of it and just like, oh, this is great. 
Dude, and you could see <clears throat> Seamus on their side, Seamus and Corbin both. You could see them laughing at the crowd. Oh yeah, because of yeah. how how much they were into to Shane, to Sammy that it they had to do almost nothing to. It's like a uh, um, Corbin had said on, uh, I believe it was a uh, um, the Not Sam Wrestling show on the on, it's on Peacock now. Um, he was talking about how he thought that Twitter was a cheat code. He goes, it's kind of not fair. He's like, I feel bad. He goes, a lot of people used to have to work to know what the fans hate, but now it's all they talk about is what they hate. (laughs) He goes, I could just go on there, scroll through and be like, oh, you hate it when I don't wear gear? Guess what? I'm putting all my gear away and getting new new pants. Oh, you think that me wearing a vest is super annoying and and low rent? I'm buying a lot of vests now. Like, he's doing it. Guess what? I'm changing my name. Yeah. Oh, it makes you upset when I do this when i when i introduce myself a certain way guess what i'm going to do now like that's what i want like you're telling me the answer don't do this or i'll hate you well i guess i have to do that like it's not even almost a discussion anymore so i felt like that they both found cheat codes there they're like oh you're gonna boo when i so much as like punch him wait till you see this (laughs) yeah twitter's just the heel game genie it is your game genie because <laughs> it's definitely not babyface game genie. They're never saying like, we'd like this. Keep up that a little bit. Yeah. Even us as, as, yeah. as, as crit- critical as we try to be as fair as we try to be as honest as we try to be. And as much as we try to lean towards things we like, there's a certain degree where it's like, yeah, we definitely, there's a certain point where you just say, I like it. It's perfect. How helpful is that? If you're actually, if you're actually looking for honest critique as a babyface, and let's say you're Bailey or Sammy, you're not getting much from me because all I'm telling you is how perfect you're already doing everything. Right. So what are you going to do? Just keep doing what you're doing. Sure. That'll work probably some, but if you're a heel and you're watching podcasts, you're like, Oh, you guys hate this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure you just described AEW. That's exactly AEW. That's why. it's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's the D show. Oh, look at Bishop's coming through the chat. Says, what in the virtual background? He's just chiming in now. What are we, 56 minutes in? He's just coming in now. He missed all of the talk uh, slander we had on Bishop. Wow. The whole premise of why this background is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Wow. This is exactly why I called him a turd earlier. This is it. You got to flush him. He is the nugget. I am not a nugget. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I don't have anything really more to say about the match specifically. But what I did think was really cool was at one point, Sammy keeps trying to go in the ring and keeps getting knocked out. And at one point, Cole says, Sammy looked like El Generico there. And I was like, yeah, I was all like, I missed that. I was like, how, like, it's cool. It's awesome because it's the first reference they've ever made to El Generico. Sammy still maintains, mm-hmm. even on the Broken Skull session when he talked to um, Stone Cold, obviously, about El Generico. He even said at one point, and he goes, look, I'm very familiar with his story. And he goes, but but I wasn't him. And they kind of laughed at it. Like, he still was trying to maintain a little bit of that kayfabe of that he separates those two in every chance he gets uh and even like ko um did a special where he went to the old pwg building right before they tore it down and he talked about del generico and he talked about Sami Zayn, but he never talked about them as though they were the same 
mm-hmm. he always talked about them in such a, a reverently different way. Oh yeah, me and Generico, this, that, and the other thing. And then it'd be like almost a couple minutes later, I wish Sami Zayn could have performed here. You know what I mean? Like with like not even tongue in cheek things, just like he views those characters so differently. You know what I mean? Like, and he didn't say those words. So I'm just saying that was the manner in which he spoke about them. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is the first time we ever hear a connection there, but also again, not saying he was El Generico, but he looked like El Generico, which was really neat and interesting. However, I don't know if most people think of being kicked off of a ring apron as, as Michael Cole might say, vintage El Generico. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bishop says slander these nuts like I haven't already. Dumbass. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> let's see. But yeah, awesome match, dude. So good. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, we're getting I, I do, and Luther. And yeah, I mean, during the match when I saw uh, Seamus also do the the Gunther pose, I think it was like, oh, yep, that's what we're getting. Mm-hmm. But yeah. and like I said, I have no problems with it. It was just like, like I said, just so obvious to me. Yeah. It was like, oh, we're going to Cardiff, you know. Like I said, Seamus, he had to be there. Not complaining that he's there, but we'll yeah. see where it goes from here. Yeah. The other thing is, where's uh, Ridge and... Butch bitch. I know. I was wondering that too. I even said that. I was like, I don't know where the rest of Fight Night's been, but I feel like I've seen them together once since Vince left. And I don't know that we've even heard them talk about Butch. Yeah. I'm wondering if we're going to get Pete Dunn back. Or at least a hybrid. Call him Pete Butch Dunn. Or, you know, Butch in quotes Pete Dunn. they they, They made mention to that, that, you know, we are his friends call him Butch. Yeah, you no, know. that's what I'm you saying. Know, they never, they never buried Pete Dunn like they've exactly. done other name changes. Yeah. But um, who was it? It was you know they were involved in a match. It was Sheamus. Oh, it was Drew, wasn't it? Yeah. The Donnie Brook match where yeah. they jumped in and yeah. you know took one bump and that's I think big. that was the last time I saw him. Was it? Yep. Yep. Who killed two people? Yes. <laughs> They got the old uh, OG club treatment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bishop says around to the beginning, virtual backgrounds because I'm a mark. Yeah, dude, what part of us doing a podcast talking about wrestling is led you to believe we don't believe we're marks? Like, like what part of this I mean... is confusing? <laughs> what part of you being in the chat doesn't make you like? We... That's what we're all doing here. We all you, are. You know... <laughs> What's funny, it's, you know, a lot of the IWC is like this, but they use Mark as, like, a, a bad reference. Yeah. Like, a bad, like, you know, you know, calling somebody a bitch or whatever. But, yeah, right. Like, I like being a Mark. When I'm, like, proven wrong on things and I, you know, mark out on something, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm doing it. Do you want me to send Bishop a link? Let him come in and talk a little bit? No. All right. Yeah. Kev said no. Said not this week. Yeah. Nope. No, no, no. I'm yeah. just kidding. You can't. I have a problem with it. 
uh, as we're going, as I send the link, let me, um, yeah. Oh, here, here, Justin Times says, I'm a proud Mark for resting on the rocks. There you go. See? Yeah. Justin Times, our boy. I'll be honest. If we're in a fist fight and I got Justin Time or Bishop, Justin Time makes a much better human shield. (laughs) (laughs) He's all like, yeah, wait, what? Um, Never mind. Fuck these guys. (laughs) Yeah, wait a second. Wasn't, Wasn't at all what I... Uh, let me see. Oh, here's the thing on SmackDown I wanted to get your take on. The Viking Raiders New Day funeral. The Viking funeral of the New Day where they burnt a box of bootios and a t-shirt. To me, that what was really cool that no one talked about. Literally no one. Sarah Logan? Sarah Logan was in there. Yeah. Like, that was, was super so, cool. I, was, I wanted her to like turn around and like show her face. We, you know, obviously, you saw the hair and it was like... Sarah Logan, we knew it. Yeah, she's here. I just wonder if that's, you know, slow playing the uh, return, or if she is going to return. But go ahead. But no, I was just excited. I guess you know, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't paying attention. Once again, marking out. I wasn't paying attention on what they were saying, but being like, she's going to turn around. When is she going to turn around? When is she going to show her face? (laughs) You know. Yeah. I think more more than that she's coming back I do think that what it opens up is that she's still very much in conversation with them she's still very much open to working with them like she was in the rumble and had that moment with Liv she's doing this with Mm -hmm. her husband like especially if we start to see more groups forming that have men and women which I think to me is the next uh, that's our next big shift into factions, right? Is that we're having like Judgment Day. Um, we're having. Three people are in a faction, goddammit. They're a faction. Me we have. They're uh, not a faction. We have Judgment Day. We have Hit Row. We have uh, uh, Maximum Male Models. We're starting to see more men and women together in factions. Three people yeah. or more. Uh, <laughs> no. You could easily have the Vikings add a woman to add to those kinds of uh storylines you know what i mean like if hit row mm-hmm. is getting out of hand with the vikings and bfab keeps getting involved boom guess what viking we have behind us we got sarah yeah. logan you know what i mean like we know a lot. yeah <laughs> right uh but i thought it was really cool to see her involved in that i just i like that i think it's it's nice it's, yeah. it's nice uh, but outside of that, the New Day thing, the rest of the segment I thought was not as impactful or cool as the idea that Sarah Logan was involved in it. Like, it was fine, but it still felt a lot it like, did. what are we doing? 100%. And similar to the Ronda Rousey thing, you know, outside of seeing Sarah Logan, I was like, holy shit, that's cool. Or seeing her back, you know, that's cool. But it didn't, like you said, it didn't do anything. It didn't yeah. progress anything. Like, I thought there was, like, you know, there was going to be something more to it. Mm-hmm. And especially because they know? didn't flat out and say that even... Sarah Logan was back. And the flat out fact they didn't just zoom yeah. in on her face, it made it seem even less impactful. Yeah. She needs to wash her damn hands. That was disgusting. Yeah, her hands were but... covered in tar. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, 
it was just, you know, it just didn't deliver the way I thought it was going to deliver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even like I thought instead of just a t-shirt and a, you know, box of bootios, like get a pile of sticks and make it look like there's three people there. Yes. You know, and burn them. But, but yeah, it was just, there's something missing. I can't put my finger on it, what I would want it to be, but it just needed something else. Exactly. Those poor dudes, wherever they found it, those poor dudes were sweating their balls out. I mean, they're Vikings, dude. That's what they do. I don't think they can not do that. Yeah, but it looked like they were in, like, Georgia. Like, they definitely weren't in Canada. That's a good point. Uh, there were just some moist Vikings during that funeral. She's all putting the makeup on their face. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see where where it goes. I suppose. I but I was I like you. I was expecting more. I was uh, more disappointed that they didn't highlight more the fact that Sarah Logan was involved. Um, which leads me to believe that she's not signed with them and she was just used for this particular thing. I think mm. had they actually signed her and she was actually joining the act, as it were, uh, mm. that they would have made more of a deal of it, but they really just didn't talk about her that way. And I think that was but purposefully. But at the same time, I don't think you, there's even, because, you know, as much as I wanted her to turn around, there wasn't a point when like i don't know how impactful it would have been if she did turn around and they do show her you know what i mean maybe but if she looked in the camera and like looked up and maybe smiled a little bit and walked off and they said oh sarah logan's provided the ceremony there i wonder what that's about and you know leave kind of a question mark at it then they come out the vikings Vikings have, have priests or priestesses i don't know I don't know a lot about Vikings, dude. Like, I think oh, they drink beer out of horns, but I don't think that's true. But that's what I'm pretty sure they do. I mean, yeah. Edge probably knows more about Vikings than me. I'm Maybe. not even from Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did get Shotzi versus Liv Morgan. Dude. After the match, Shayna Baszler comes out, kicks uh, Liv Morgan in the face a couple times. This was... uh, I think I expected more out of Shotzi, if I'm being honest. Um, I think that Morgan's still having a really tough time. I'm a little concerned for the future of Liv as a champion, if I'm being honest. I'm... I want her to remain champion, but I also Me want too. her to look strong. Yes. Right now, like she's almost making a, a fool of herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I won the titles, when I did this, every time she made, makes mention to that, it's like, did you? Did you? You know, like that botch with the Ronda Rousey thing might go down as like one of the biggest botches ever 
Yeah. Just because it's killing the entire storyline and her title. Yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's going to kill her career by any means. You know, there's a lot of people. It's over. She's done. Yeah. You're retarded. Stop. But it's tough. But yeah. I mean, I can see if they do end Live Mania or whatever you want to call it. Like they did Kofi's just real quick. You know, Shayna's a champ. I'm okay with that. If we get Shayna Ronda moving forward, I'm definitely okay with that. But I think, you you know, you can get back to live being hungry again and be like, hey, I got to the peak and I fumbled. Mm. You could, you yeah. Know, you know, I'm, you know, I'm focused now. You know, we're moving on. Fine, but... I don't want to say I'll be surprised if she holds it after Cardiff, but I don't think she's going to hold it much longer after it. Survivor Series might. Well, I guess you don't have the titles on it. Survivor Series. I don't. I, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think it's uh, it's definitely a tough one for her. Uh, Bishop, what's your terrible take on this? Oh man, I can't hear him. He's talking. I can't hear him. Check your stuff. Technical difficulties. Take a drink, everybody. It's only episode one. Everybody relax. It's purely episode one. Yep. Episode one jitters. It happens to everybody. It happened to Toxic Attraction. It's definitely going to be happening to Bishop here. Mm-hmm. Hold on. He's got to fix this thing. No. No. It says, uh, there it goes. How about now? No. It said he connected to audio and I don't hear him. You need those, like, remember the drive-in movies with the Nico's nachos? It's intermission time. Oh, yeah. Or, like, those little technical difficulty little uh, video clips (laughs) you'll play. Yeah. No. No. Still no on the bishop. He's clicking buttons and he's got the fan behind him. Yeah, I want to talk terrible takes. It's a terrible technology take. No, it keeps it keeps worth mouthing things. I'm not hearing them. You tell me if you hear them and I don't, Kev. No, I don't hear. I hear you. Yeah. Because I also think that uh, the way my audio is set up. If I do that, can you say something, Kev? Kev, can you hear me? Hello, Kev? Did I lose everybody now? Kev, can you hear me? Hello? I heard a ding in the background. I don't know what that was. But you can't hear me? Oh. All right, well, how about now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you, yes. All right. You can hear me now? Yes. All right, cool, because I can hear you now, and we lost Bishop. That's kind of how it goes. Uh, but, yeah, That's I don't see... terrible. That is terrible. Terrible technology take. Um, What do you think about the Shayna stuff? Well, I guess it's all part of it. I see Shayna's just looking so much stronger than Liv, and I think that 
puts Liv in a really tough spot. I think that as good as it is to see Shotzi look strong, I think Liv's in no position to be making others look real strong right now. She's got to be solidifying mm. herself. You oh, know? 100%. Yeah. You know, I, I talked about it, you know, after uh, SummerSlam. And, you know, you always get the cash and then you solidify the, you know, the new champion. And... Like I said, even if it went right, mm-hmm. or you know what we're speculating went right, I still don't think that solidifies her as a champion. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's why we're getting this random Ronda crap mm-hmm. because it's like you know, well Ronda was supposed to be in the title picture now, you know she can't be or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Well, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, what do you think of the uh, Drew McIntyre Roman Reigns face to face? To me, Roman um, Reigns more baby face than ever. Drew looks like a fool. I mean, I thought it was cool that Drew went out there and said, "You know, oh, you look scared without you know your posse behind you." You know, I thought that was you know all right, but yeah, I mean, it was good face to face. Roman, you know, the beginning of it, I loved it. You know, if anyone says they're the, you know, face of the locker room, they're lying. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I can hear you. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, fellas. Cheers to Bishop coming through. Cheers. So I asked for a link because when you chat and talk shit, Marsh absolutely leaves out half the shit that you say. Mm. Cut his feet. Cut his feet. I'm going to cut him. (laughs) (laughs) So, look who we got. YouTube sensation. Mm -hmm. Bishop Mm -hmm. Jr. He has a question for you, Marsh. No, I don't. (laughs) Ask him. No. (laughs) I'm out of the screen. Can Can you ask him the question? No. We can hear you, bud. He drove all the way to San Diego no, for I what? Didn't. No, I didn't. No, Why did he drive to San Diego? No, I didn't. Got the, I saw the wiggling finger. No, he has a wiggling finger. It's great. No, I didn't. All right, no. stop, 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 stop. He was going to ask you, how does John Cena's nuts taste? Great. No. As the mark that you... They're great, dude. They're so good. It's crazy. I was not. Dude, and his hands are so big. I bet they are. Yeah. He's got a nice, firm grip, yet soft. It's everything you'd want. I would imagine. Uh, mm-hmm. Supposedly, mm-hmm. Pritchard said that he is shaved from head to toe, um, yeah. minus eyebrows and hair. Yeah. So that yeah. firm grip, soft touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you did the the Trojan forearm yeah. grab. Yeah. And oh, supposedly yeah. he has a Trojan forearm too. So. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, dude. Dude, I called he, you a fucking mark because you drove out there. Did you actually get in line and make it? I didn't listen to past the fact that you drove out. Oh yeah, we know we made it, and uh, he signed a bottle of booze for me, and got pictures taken and everything. It was a good time. It's good stuff, dude. Did you say all this stuff an hour ago? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty all much. Right, well, I'll re-listen on the podcast, <laughs> but I wanted to come in here and tell you to stop fucking mixing my words when I talk shit, but also tell your multiple listeners to go to twtakespodcast.com, find your platform, because I'm back, baby. And I'll be doing my review soon enough. 
Well, we told them that too. We told them. I appreciate that, but you said you talk shit, so. I did that too. Yeah, I do. I'm multi layered. (laughs) I am multi layered. (laughs) Most layers out of you are gas, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, there's no fart gun, so. No, uh, that's right. Yeah. Grandma's house, no fart gun. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Disgusting. It's all natural today. So, what is it? Uh, a, to, just to have your listeners uh, recap what happened recap. an hour ago. Thomas Ashbourne, old-fashioned new cocktail mix that is uh, was helped made with uh, John Cena. Available now in Vons, Albertsons, Total Wines, probably Safeway. We don't know yet. So as an old-fashioned, it doesn't need a mixer. You just throw it on top of ice ball today. That's it. Yeah, 25%. So for a pre-made cocktail, that's pretty high. Yeah, because of- what's the Jack Winter... What's the winter jack? A lot uh, of those ones are like anywhere from eight to, eight, 8 to 15. I see a lot. Proof. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Have a great That's show. Really good. Um, I got to do my dad thing, <laughs> but I just wanted to come in and tell you to stop talking shit uh, without saying it to my face. So fuck you guys. And I love you guys. Well, that's why I told him. If you listen to the thing, you'll see. I antagonize you because it <laughs> makes you have to pop on. <laughs> so well, cheers. I'll be listening tomorrow. <laughs> good, good. We'll see you guys down the road. Later. Later, Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Roman Reigns thing. More than anything. Yes. (laughs) But I didn't like... As much as you said you kind of dug him saying, like, oh, you you look scared to me. I didn't... I didn't get... I didn't... uh, I didn't appreciate it the same way you probably did. And even though he's all like, you're not doing this with the title, and I think you should be doing this to the title, I felt like Roman's response ought to be, nobody asked you how to be champion because no one wants to be how you were as a champion. You know what I mean? Mm. You can tell the champion how to be champion when you're as good as me at being a champion. What's the longest time you held it for? Three months? How many times did you flip it back and forth? I've held mine for three years. You get back to the end of the line, and you wait to be champion before you tell someone how to be champion. You know what I mean? That's how I felt when he was saying all that stuff. I was like, who are you, though? No, 100%. But I just like the, you know, strictly just to hear it mm-hmm. that, hey, you know, Roman's got doubt. I don't think Roman does. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, Drew's trying to put the little, plant the little seed, yeah. if you will. Yeah. But going back to what you were just saying about, like, you know, who's asking you how to be champion? You know, I was making. I was waiting for Roman to also make reference to Drew's book. Like I thought that would have been hilarious. Oh yeah, the book. Yeah, like you know, when he was going off on, oh you know, if they say they're a locker room leader, they're a liar, you know this and that. I was waiting for him to say, you know, when I, you know, I don't have to write a book to be a good champion or something like that. Yeah, I don't but, have to put out a book to try and convince someone I'm a good champion. I just am one. Yeah. 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 Because this whole book about, like, I've been a champion for a couple months now. People ought to hear about it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Maybe you should be about it. it Yep. Exactly. But, mm -hmm. yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I I, I also think it's weird that they're, like, degrading each other, but, Mm -hmm. like, bluffing each other up at the same time. I think they have. You are in God mode, you know, this and that, but not, like, ah. I don't like it. That's a Paul Heyman thing. Because Paul Heyman's talked about it before, that if you tear down someone enough, then who are you beating? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? That you have well, to. Dick, uh, yeah. I think it's Dick Vitale said it too uh, with college uh, basketball, where the college, like if there's an upset happening, then, oh no, I think it was Bill Wall. Sorry. But, anyways, when there's an upset happening, the home crowd starts chanting overrated. Mm. You know, like when a number one seed or, uh, yeah, number one ranked team is getting beat, the crowd starts chanting overrated. And he goes, Why are you saying they're overrated? You're beating the number one team in the nation. If you're saying they're overrated, then you're also saying you're overrated because then yeah. they shouldn't be number one and then you're beating somebody that shouldn't be number one type of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And that's what, because um, was it Ariel Hawani had a really cool spot with uh, Paul Heyman on his show where he was like, here, let me, he does a, a character he calls Heel Wani, which is funny. Uh, and he says, uh, and he's like, cuts a promo on him. He goes, oh, you know, your time has passed. You're this old man, this, that, the other thing. And he goes, what do you, what do you think about that? And then, uh, you know, Paul Heyman's all like, terrible. He goes, you made me into nobody. Who do you win? Who, mm-hmm. who do you beat when I'm nobody? I'm an old man. I'm tired. I'm no good. He goes, but if you were to say that I'm the best in the business, I'm the best there's ever been, no one can touch you when you're on your on fire. Problem is, is I'm more, I'm hotter than you are. I'm hotter than fire. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you're Michael Jordan, but I'm if Michael Jordan was better. You know what I mean? Like, if you tear down. There's no such thing. Right? But, like, if you tear down your the person you're up against is saying, like, you're nothing, you're nobody, you're terrible, you're an awful champion, then what does it matter if you even win? You beat a terrible person. So, okay. So Yeah, I mean, I see it. But, but it's a complicated situation to do. Yeah. I mean, just Drew acknowledging, like, God mode. Yeah, but you're in God mode, this and that. Like... Mm. It was kind of just left at that. Roman should be like, great, you know, I'm happy you're acknowledging. You yes. know, I think there could have been more there instead of, oh, you're great, but you suck. Yo, you're great, but you suck type of thing. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a bit where it's like, you know, because then he did his own version. Paul did where it's like, you know, you're this level of greatness. And here's what makes me better than you. Doesn't... Mm-hmm doesn't deny that you're great it denies that I, or it, it exemplifies that i'm better where if you are saying i'm better than you because you're terrible well so what yeah okay if he's awful and you're better that makes you at least mediocre i guess like you should be yeah. elevating each other into a higher stratosphere so but it is i think a really complicated dance and i don't think it's easy and i think that's why you don't have people as great as paul Heyman on the mic often because that dance is so difficult it's so hard to say I'm better than you without saying you're trash, you know? And yeah. you go, okay, so you're recyclables? Like. <laughs> Interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, let's talk some Raw. Dude, we talked about it earlier. Raw, raw kicked off with Seth and Riddle beating the snot out of each other, doing their thing, um, which then led into hearing um, – Trish Stratus's music, the laugh, she comes out, she gets her promo, she does her thing. Before we talk about that segment specifically, um, with Bailey, Bailey and her crew, which I don't think has a name yet, but they've been really close to being called Damage Control. I saw that they supposedly WWE trademark Damage Control, but Mm. uh, I heard somebody refer to them as something else. 
And I was like, oh, is that what they're going to stick with? And I forgot what it was. Controller? Controller I've seen a few times online. Yeah. But. But it was, yeah, no, it was, you know, something that said on air. Maybe, and then I forgot what it was. Mm, I don't know. But that crew, EO, Mm -hmm. Dakota, Bailey, and then you had Trish, Bianca comes out, and then they're back and forth, and then Trish says, oh, if you do the math, here comes Alexa and Asuka. You have Bailey kind of cower out, then you have that match, right? So we have all of that. The one thing I wanted to ask you about was because um, I have a ton of respect for Jimmy Corderas, who's online all the time he does his ref and rant where every week he rants a little bit about something for every day he rants a little bit about something for about a minute long and his on this one was he felt that having the the seth and riddle thing before the trish because this is in her hometown that it cooled off the crowd because they were confused and disheveled and didn't really know what was happening because all they're seeing is this fight is this even on tv is this what's happening here has raw really started and then you hear the music and it's like oh uh i guess trish is coming out he felt like that was the reaction he was hearing was that she got a good ovation but it could have been a bigger ovation had it been people focused and waiting for her right and not distracted by this other thing uh totally understand the argument my counter argument and this is where I want to know where you sit, because to me, I felt like you could make the argument, and I don't know anything. Who am I? I'm nobody. Jimmy Corderas, 40 years legend. in business, legend, worked with dudes who taught him things. Eddie Guerrero taught this guy a lot about wrestling, so he knows more about wrestling than me. I'm just a goofy fan in a, in a goofy shirt, right? So I'm not trying to undermine his opinion whatsoever. Dude's mm-hmm. absolute legend, nothing but respect. But I like that conversation, right? That's what we're here for, that conversation, the back and forth. You say this, what about this, right? Sometimes I'm not even playing a side I believe in. But I believe in this one. (laughs) Here's my counter argument. Here's my belief. Here's what I want to know where you sit, right? And I could be way wrong. And I would be happily cheersing Jim Corderas if I am. I'll buy him a drink. I'll buy him a drink and I'll have a little crow. I think that you could make the argument that... Trish may have gotten a bigger reaction because of that. And this is my thought, is if the crowd is more disheveled, and what's going on? Oh, my God, that's crazy. Did you see that? Seth and Riddle over there fighting, and no, they look like they got dragged away. That they're not anticipating the music, where if you are at the beginning of Raw, you're watching the entrance, you see the fireworks, and you wait for the thing, right? You're waiting for whose music's going to play, who's coming out, right? And there's only so much get up and go you can give your lungs when you are waiting for it. <gasps> Who's going to be? <gasps> Yay! Right? Whereas if you go like, oh, you're like, uh, your, your breath is outward. <sighs> what is it? Like when I think of Carmella at SummerSlam, she drew the breath out. So you had <sighs> nothing left. So when Bailey or when Becky comes out, <laughs> it's <gasps> like it's a slight delay, but a huge pop right and i felt like that's what we heard is that slight delay of the breath being out of the room because no one knows what's happening did raw even start right is that how they started the show this is crazy then you hear it you realize it's trish and that's when the roar happens to me it it sucked a little bit of air out of the room without taking away from the energy of the room that allowed for a bigger reaction but slightly delayed like that becky reaction slightly delayed if you watch her music hits Mm -hmm. And then it takes a second for everyone to go, to breathe in, to go, ah, 
Because they have no breath in their lungs. Carmella took every bit of air out of their lungs as everyone sighed with disappointment. <laughs> I feel like that's what we heard, and that's what that slight delay was, but it was as loud it was going to be because of the distraction. But that's my thought and my argument. Where do you sit on this? Do you think Corderas is right, or do you think your drunk dumb buddy is right? <laughs> well, my drunk dumb buddy's never right. That's true. First that has all, been a fact. First of all, first of all never describe Carmela as... <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing, and that's why she was able to do that. That's what she was going for. How do I get the air out of the room? She goes, oh, I yeah. know. Just I could, hold my wine. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Next time we watch something together and Carmela comes out, I'm going to just yell at <laughs> But Yeah. I can see both sides. But being to... You know, having to go on to several live events, you know, you don't hear what commentators say and stuff like that. And I can easily see how you don't know when the actual start is. You know, mm-hmm. they, they have the countdown, this and that. They do the, the pre thing, you know, and then all of a sudden you see two people fighting. And it's like... All right, whatever. I can easily see where that was confusing. Mm-hmm. And I could, like I said, I could definitely see where you're, you know, coming from too, where, all right, well, we were expecting fireworks. I thought they still had fireworks, but I don't remember. But, you know, like. They had the fireworks okay, and then it was, shot to the back. So I think it was a lot of like, what, what? Yeah. But like, you know, we talked about earlier that I think that's what they're going for. The, yes. Yep. You have no control over your roster. Like, yep. Fucking calm them down. <laughs> but I mean, I think I, I don't know. Once again, I hate when they ruin pops. You know, they said Trish was going to be there. On SmackDown. Exactly. So we knew. So you were, yeah, so you were expecting it. Like, yes. Okay, when are we going to get it? When is this? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, if they if they didn't say that, then, oh, Hall of Famer Trish Stratus is going to be here. You know, because it wasn't like a spot where, you know, you're quote unquote expecting somebody. You know, but, like, oh, you know, they're going to be in an interview. Oh, they're going to welcome the crowd. You know, it wasn't something like that, like a. But I'd argue like a that it was. I'd argue that it was that because they announced it and because it was in Canada, I think that a you could have guessed she probably would have been, but b they said she was going to be there. It's probably a safe bet that she'll probably open the show. It's not that mm-hmm. she necessarily would have to, but probably safe to bet that she would. So by not delivering her immediately, it gave that moment of suspension. To rebuild that anticipation. But there's no suspension when you're expecting something. Except you're not expecting it because all the other stuff's happening now. If they open it with what I'm saying is that everyone would have expected it. And they would have been like, oh, yay, it's her, we, just like we thought. But by having the other stuff, I feel like it could could have discombobulated the crowd just enough to be off kilter, not knowing when that music was going to hit. But see, and I think if you don't announce her and that happens, then yeah, it's sure. a bigger pop. For sure. 100%. Yes. And 
I also think you can open the show, you know, once again, without announcing her, you know, Pyro goes off and you don't need that and just wait a couple of seconds. Sure. You know, you know, have the pot, you know, the Pyro go off and just be silent for a couple of seconds, you know, because, you know, the last SmackDown we went to, Cole and McAfee were talking and we were just sitting there. Yeah. And we're like, oh, wait, you know, if you look over there, the cameras are on there. You know, stuff's going on, and it was like, okay, cool. They're you know they're doing something. Like if you sit there and just wait a second, like the pop would have been yeah. huge if you don't announce it once again. Yeah. Yes, but since you already announced it, I'm saying that had they played the music initially and she came right out immediately, it was less than it would have been by giving this break right before it, because then that was unexpected, and then you're like, wait, what are we well, doing? See, and- by announcing it, I think you do the opposite. But they already announced it, so Bailey. we can't live in a world where it didn't happen. No, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. But what I'm saying is, I think you have Bailey come out first. Mm. Now Bailey's opening up the show, and controller, whatever the hell they're going to call them, and they start talking. You know, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and then Trish's music hits. I think, whoa, shit! Then there's the surprise. See, I liked it played this way because I liked that Trish came out and was talking to the audience about stuff and then Bailey's music hit and suddenly you went, oh, wait, Trish and Bailey? Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess either way you get that to a degree, but I like that there was – because, I mean, think about when John Cena made his his announcement that for his 20 years. Cena's going to be here just to thank everybody, and he came out and thanked everybody. Had someone came out, you'd have been like, oh, wait? But we got what we expected, and it was what it was, and it was good. But if somebody had been like, if Austin Theory comes out and says, you know, you ain't shit, old man, then you go, oh, whoa, there's a thing happening here, right? Yeah. I thought with Trish it was nice because you knew you were going to get the ambassador moment, the the queen wave, and then uh, you go, okay, cool. She had her moment, hometown, all that stuff. But then by having damage control come out, you kind of go, oh, there's a possible angle here and maybe a match to be had. Like, that's way cool. Yeah. Which is why I like that whole segment, if I'm being honest. I think that everyone did awesome there. Dakota Kai, again, oh, yeah. no one is talking about her facial expressions, and her facial expressions may be my favorite in the company right now. They're up there with Kayla and Paul. Yes. Kayla, Kayla does entire you know, interviews where she's only giving facial expressions, and it's a back yeah. and forth. And you saw that with someone or on Broken Skull, they replayed – Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn backstage with Kayla where mm. Paul Heyman's being interviewed by Kayla, but Sami Zayn interrupts and Paul Heyman doesn't say anything. And Kayla and Sammy are having back and forth, but Sammy's the only one talking and Kayla keeps making faces. And I was watching it the whole time. Mm. Just being like, Kayla's having a conversation without saying a word. And so is Paul Heyman. And at the end of it, so was Sami Zayn. I was like, this was an amazing, the last like 30 seconds of that segment was silent. And all three people said so much. It was amazing. But I, I agree. Their facial expressions are hard to argue. My apologies. I was putting over exactly what you just said. Kayla's up there in top three for sure. <laughs> yeah. No, it was just, you know, Dakota's facial expressions remind me of the way, you know, that played out like you just said. And, yeah, it goes unnoticed. Like, you, yeah. you know, people... Once again, I think that's just where we're at in the internet wrestling community that people don't want to look at. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They don't point out, you know, damn, look at, you know, Dakota. Like, she's got this, like, what was that movie? Mean Girls? Like, that snark at times. And, mm-hmm. you know, she does it perfectly, but no one, no one likes the positive stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, and it's so subtle that, you know, some people might not just might miss it completely, but it's so subtle that it makes, it drives it home the, the point that they're trying to get across. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as like Trish and Alexa and Oscar coming out to help, it seemed a little discombobulated and went a little long, but I, I overall liked it. Yeah. But I did like it. Yeah. I mean, it, it, to me, it dragged on a bit and, you know, like when Trish was talking, like, oh, look at, you know, Canadian math says this. And then it was like, all right, come on, let's go. We know you guys are going to get the upper hand. Just play the music. But overall with the segment, I liked it. You know, we teased at a Bailey versus Trish, which would be awesome. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, do you think, you know, now that all the NXT women are out of the tag team championship or tournament, do you think that Alexa and uh, Alexa and Asuka win the redemption match? I... No, because I don't think that they're... I think the last redemption is the people who lost the first round. Actually, they said it was. So you have um, mm. you have uh, uh, Natalia and Shayna. You have Nikki Dewdrop. You have... Um, who did the NXT girls do, do you think... Oh, wait, that'd be Shayna. So, one, so, once, so once again, with the obvious geographical placement of the talent, do you think we get Dewdrop and Nikki then? I think so. I think it's who comes back Clash in. Clash at the castle. Yeah, because you have yeah. Zaya and Shotzi, you have Natalia, Sonia, you have Nikki Dewdrop, and you have Tamina Dana. I think because it's going to be in Europe, you put Nikki and Dewdrop back in there, and then you get Nikki Dewdrop versus Raquel and Aaliyah, and then you get Eo Sky and Dakota either against Nikki Dewdrop, who I think you should give it to, or Raquel and Aaliyah, who I think they're going to give it to. I think they're going to give it to Dakota and Neo, which I'm okay with. I think it's who they're going. To, I think it's who's going to win the whole thing. But I think that yeah. if it's not them, okay. it's Raquel and Aaliyah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. Yeah. Because I mean, they're hyping up Aaliyah and Raquel. Kind of like crazy. And yeah. was it? It was here on this Raw, right? Yeah. With uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let's keep it moving. Uh, the the match though uh, though Alexa Oscar Io Dakota great amazing dude I couldn't believe yeah. the chemistry all of them had it was yeah. so great and I so mean, smart the way that they all played it the way that Oscar and Io were like in there but against each other and mm-hmm. is insane it's just insane yeah. like because people have been wanting uh, Oscar and Io for a long time and there's also a lot of talk and rumors that they had a lot of 
bad history in Japan. That, that's one of the reasons why Asuka signed with WWE was to get away from Io and her family. Her Io's family ran a promotion out there that that did wrong by Asuka, right? That it was, you know, you don't run to WWE to get away, right? But if you're, do I stay home or do I move across the world? The conversation became a lot of like, I've got more hope over here, right? And so one of the conversations I've seen is people didn't think Io would get signed because of Asuka, but lo and behold, they're both here. What do you, what do you got? Well, I heard it. I heard it was something else. What'd you say? The friction between, I, I heard that it was, uh, Io and Asuka were, you know, friends and I think they were a tag team. And Asuka had a problem with somebody else and then Io went to work with her. Mm. And then that started the rift between Asuka and Io and then Asuka left to come to, you know, America. Yeah. Right. But I don't know. But either way. People have wanted to have a match and so for them to tease it as much as they teased it without doing too much together was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um the Dolph Ziggler Finn Balor backstage segment I thought was really oh, I good. Loved it. I loved it. My only concern yeah. is there we are balancing on the idea of making oh I just realized my chat's not up. Oh good, no one said anything. Um, I think we're teetering on the edge of we're in a world where we're trying to make Judgment Day look stronger than they looked before, but we are teetering on them looking like they're getting punked out. Like Dolph punked out Finn there. Hard. Hard. And it was funny because producer lady was even like, Dolph reminded me of you and Kev just being like, and then I said, and then I said, bitch. (laughs) I was like, yeah, but I thought it was awesome. They're back and forth. I thought their match was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Rhea's involvement, I thought was awesome. Yeah. Like, as much as it's all like, I don't know. And I mean, ultimate judgment day wins. And so it's like, do they really look strong or weak? I think both guys looked amazing here, but I don't know what we're doing with judgment day. Right. If we want judgment day to look like this unstoppable force, having a, ultra competitive match with one member and Dolph Ziggler might not be the way, right? Like would Undertaker have a competitive match with, with Dolph Ziggler? Probably not. You know what I mean? But well, and the, but ahead. the other thing too is, you know, since Dolph came back by himself without rude, he hasn't won a single match. Yeah. So Dolph's not looking like he's a strong, like, Hey, you overcame this obstacle. It just looked like a, you know, hey, you beat this guy that you should have beaten. Mm-hmm. That's, sorry, that's the way I, you know, I thought it, or, you know, the way I viewed it. Yeah. Because, you know, Dolph, like I said, he has, he's come back, he put on great matches, but he hasn't won. He hasn't looked strong. Yeah. Like, you know, now if he's on a winning streak and, then Finn comes in and says, nope, you know, cuts that down, then yeah, that makes yeah. Finn look real good. That's true. But Being competitive with a guy who loses it a lot, yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're both yeah. great, and I loved the match. But if you're if you're doing big picture stuff, I don't know how much was done here, you know, to make anyone look great. Mm-hmm. Bailey and Control... Do they have a name yet? Control, I guess. 
um, was having a spat back and forth with Aaliyah backstage, and Aaliyah ultimately challenged Bailey. Trish was like, hey, go ahead, and leading up to the match we're going to have in a little bit. But I thought that was a really cool back and forth, and I was really happy with that. And the idea that we're going to get, or that we, you know, we got it that night, but the idea we're getting Bailey back in the ring, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, that was Bailey's first match, right? Oh, no, no. She fought. Yeah. It was Bailey's first match since she's been injured. No, I thought we had Eo and Bailey. No, we had Bianca and Eo. Oh, that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, speaking of Bianca, I know she came out during this segment, but she's, like, taking, like, a backseat and hardcore lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty stacked roster on Raw. And I think they're trying to build the story with Bailey that I think it's yeah. a little cluttered. I think yeah, it needs a little she needs a little space to breathe. I mean, what is Bianca really doing here? But just mm-hmm. kind of being a champion walker and walking around. So and I think the injury to Becky didn't help, but you know. Uh it does take us to the Alpha Academy Open Challenge. Chad Gable, Otis. The challenge is answered by Kevin Owens. I, I loved every second of it. From the moment I heard Shoosh to the moment the bell rang, I thought this was all awesome. Yeah. Although, here's what I think is very interesting. Kevin Owens' video intro was the video intro he used in NXT. His shirt yeah. was a callback to his NXT. original shirt in NXT. His shorts were the original yeah. shorts that he wore back in NXT. The idea that we have prize fighter Owens back, I don't hate, but I think it's a very interesting choice. You know what I mean? Like, he was so clearly on a path. And for it to be such a hard reset and say, we're going back to what you did six years ago, feels a little strange. You know what I mean? See, and I don't. To me, I, you know, look at Kevin Owens and what he's done recently against Ezekiel, trying to be like, you're Elias, you're Elias. Mm -hmm. You know? And then all of a sudden, we go back to his home country and get back to his roots. And, hey, this is who I am. You know, I don't give a shit if Ezekiel's Elias and vice versa. Like, I want to be the name on the marquee. Like, I'm hungry again. Like, I think this quick 180 was easy because they were in Canada. And... Like I said, he just, hey, I, I saw, you know, where we were at, and I remember where I came from and what got me to the dance, and I'm going back there. Mm, yes, but... I think it's a sharp turn without transition. You know what I mean? It's not like we had a story that took us there. It's not like, hey, I've been doing this and that. It was just suddenly today I'm different. And it was, and he did it in the one promo, which sort of made sense. And it wasn't total trash, but it was, I mean, it's great. Kevin Owens is amazing. He can talk, but it was, I know I got a little bit comfortable and was doing a lot of funny stuff, but now I'm a prize fighter again. Was the the nature of the whole thing. And so it wasn't like a smooth transition. It wasn't like Sami Zayn. If you watch his entire story arc, every step he takes is a little bit in the direction of the next thing. 
And even when the character feels like it might be getting stale, it starts to do little things that lead you into the next version of that, right? So for Kevin Owens to just be like, oh yeah, I'm I'm old me again today, it's just stark. It's a sharp left turn, which happens all the time in wrestling. It's all, but it's not that different to me than Nikki Cross showing up in superhero gear one day and saying, I'm almost a superhero today. And you go, okay. We're rebranding. Okay. Like when Bray Wyatt disappeared and then shows up and he's Fireflies Bray Wyatt. And you go, was there anything in between? No. It's just this is what I'm doing now. You know what I mean? And see, I think they can easily explain it with I was home and I realized, you know, like exactly what I just said, where I realized, you know, what got me here and I'm hungry again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, you know, if you release that video package, it wouldn't be so, you know, far-fetched. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's obviously not terrible. It's just for me, I'm going, this is interesting. This is, right. it's a little uncomfortable because it is such a sharp turn from a character who's been so nuanced to just be all like, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I did six years ago now. I'm old character again. Yeah. And you go, oh, it just feels like you're playing a video game. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be an Undertaker 92 now. 93 also. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, how did we get here? I selected it. You know what I mean? Not the worst thing. It happens all the time in wrestling. Even the examples I gave you weren't these examples of terrible instances in which it happened. But there was more of an explanation on how we got Ezekiel than how we got Prizefighter back. You know what I mean? Like, And maybe it was just a one-off because he was in Canada could be i don't think it's true because they did release that t-shirt on their shop but i think it's very interesting and i think that if nothing else it's a sign of things that triple h is going to be doing differently i want things a certain way look it's Mm -hmm. not that you've done a bad job but i want you a certain way because i think we can do something with you if you're a certain way which is interesting Mm -hmm. i think it's terrible just saying it's interesting and dramatic and fast (laughs) Uh, the backstage segments with Judgment Day, they did several of them cutting promos, and I loved them. Yeah. I think they're having great chemistry together. Uh, and then we got to Bailey and Aaliyah. I, so Aaliyah was crying before the match because it was clearly so emotional for her to be wrestling in her hometown, her honest hometown. Uh, her mom gave her a ride to the stadium and was sitting front row, and she clearly cried a lot because it was very emotional for her to be able to do that. And I think that was absolutely amazing for her. Uh, There's rumors because of Meltzer that Aaliyah was supposed to win. Something changed. But at the same time, I don't think Aaliyah is going to believably beat Bailey. Um, You can't. No. You can't have Not a return match. Yeah. You can't have Bailey's return and her lose. That would take so much wind out of the sails of damage control, control the... Yeah. Know, the three ladies that I mean, you know, whatever you want to call them. Like, it would take so much wind out of their sails. Yeah. It would, you know, and if they are teasing towards a Bailey versus Trish match and Bailey loses, I mean, why is Trish going to face Bailey? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It would have made no sense. You're so. nothing. I'm, I'm legend status. You're nothing right now. Like, you came back weaker than you were before. Get yeah. Here. Exactly. And. <clears throat> Not trying to be condescending at all, but I thought Aaliyah's gear looked awesome. It was new gear we hadn't seen, and I just thought it looked awesome. But apart from that, I thought that the way that the match was put together, Bailey and Aaliyah both looked really good by the end of it. I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, of course, Aaliyah lost, and it didn't feel like, you know, unexpected. But I thought that, how cool was that, for her to be able to perform yeah. in front of her, against a Bailey? Like, whew. oh, hundred percent. Like, you know, just to reiterate what I said before, taking wins out of, or the wins out of the sale of Bailey. Like, if Aaliyah won, what, you know, what would that have gained her, outside of a big win? But with her losing, she doesn't lose anything mm-hmm. yeah you know like okay you know you're in the women's tag title picture maybe yes you know or not maybe she's they won yeah but you know it doesn't take anything away from it and then you know it sets up maybe storyline between Raquel and Aaliyah versus damage control or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, and now you can throw Aaliyah in the mix with those, with the baby face side, and now you're going to need potentially, like, I mean, we could go to a Survivor Series with this. We could yeah. have Trish, Bianca, Alexa, Asuka, and Aaliyah against Bailey, Dakota, EO, and two women of her choosing. I don't know, Toxic Attraction? You know what I mean? Like, who knows? Who knows who she's mm. wanting to bring up with her? Who uh, could it be? could bring up an Indy Hartwell. She's always performed uh, with Indy. You could bring back a, a Sasha Naomi. I was just about to say Sasha Naomi. That yeah. would, like, that pop at Survivor Series would be fucking ridiculous. It'd be crazy. You know what I mean? Like, Especially <laughs> if they give the titles to Raquel and uh, Aaliyah. Yeah. Like, for yeah. her to Bailey be like, fuck you. And be you torn know. between them. Yeah. You know I mean? To, it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm saying you could do a lot there. There's a lot of options. That's all I'm saying. Who yeah. knows? But with right. Aaliyah in this mix, in that match, in that moment, in her hometown, that was another – I felt similar to, to, to Sammy watching this one because you could yeah. see before the match, if you go back and watch it, they show both contenders right before the match, and Aaliyah is wiping tears from her face. Her eyes are red. Her chin is shaky. She just can't believe she's about to have a match in her hometown in front of so many people against – Bailey, like like it or not, Bailey's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, she inspired an entire generation of women to come through. Every woman in the performance center right now at NXT is watching Bailey matches to learn. You know what I mean? This is a big moment for Aaliyah. It's very cool. Yeah. So it's like, I felt great for her. It was really, I was really happy. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, Lashley and AJ against Ciampa, The Miz. Uh, most notably what happened here, because the match was fine, uh, all good wrestlers, uh, but mm-hmm. mo- notably someone ra- tries to grab AJ, they pull the head back, and it's nobody that we recognize at all. I even looked online and nobody could make heads or tails of who that was. And then uh, Miz eventually gets... I th- Go ahead. I, truth, truthfully, you know, I didn't look at it, but, or, you know, rewatched it, but my initial reaction was I thought it was dead. Bad Bunny. Some people said look like a Bad Bunny. I I do. Yeah, but... I was like, yeah, I was like, was that Bad Bunny? I was like, wait, that don't make sense. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, whatever. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> uh, but then Miz gets kidnapped by Dexter Loomis and dragged away, and even say so much. Well, since Miz has been kidnapped, I guess the match is over and they move on. Really weird. I just wanted to see them pull away in like a white fucking child molester ring. Just a rickety ice cream truck with a clown on top. <laughs> no, 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 you can't do that because Twisted Metal, Samoa Joe, is going to be on Netflix. Like yeah, it. but Samoa Joe's AEW now, so now you can do it because it's petty. 
Yeah. <laughs> you do it. You do it to entice Samoa Joe back. Uh, but yeah, I mean that was what it was. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about it other than I'm still kind of interested in the Dexter stuff. But I don't. I saw Dexter went to NXT. That killed it for me. But we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But that absolutely killed the Dexter I thing in this moment. <laughs> he did show up in NXT and did some terrible stuff, awful work, uh, just tragically uh, destroying every bit of credibility that Indy had tried to build back up. And um, yeah, at, at this point, it's very, very unfortunate what they're doing with uh, Indy and Dexter together. I thought we had done a good thing by separating them, but here we are. But tomorrow night in episode one we're going to talk about that a little bit more in depth but as of raw i was like all right cool let's see what they're doing he's now kidnapping people like how are we dealing with this we'll find out on nxt i guess well he gets arrested for the kidnapping yes so i want to ask you about the johnny gargano bit there's no announcement there's no anything there's just a pause a commercial break and all of a sudden his music hits and you see the audience look confused. It eventually says Gargano and you could audibly hear about a third of the crowd react. You could hear yeah. an emptiness in the reaction. He comes out. They don't, a lot of people don't know who the fuck he is because they don't watch NXT. This is true. So he comes out. He looks in the camera. Man, I missed you guys. Looks all emotional. Gets in the ring. You can see him telling the crowd to react. And you can see two and a half rows react. Camera keeps pointing to people reacting. And you can see that they're surrounded by people not. Like, I thought it was a really heavy indicator that a lot of your audience has no idea who this guy is. I want to know what you thought of it. And right before I want to know what you thought of it, I want to tell you what producer lady thought of it. She saw it before I did, and as it was coming on, she goes, I thought he was doing a CM Punk parody. And I was like, what do you mean? She goes, it was really funny until I realized he was serious. And I was like, what do you mean it was funny? She goes, it was hysterical because he pretended he was gone for a long time. He tried to convince the audience he was super important. He pretended that he was like such a massive part of wrestling and everyone should know who he is and he pretended that people should be welcoming him back but he never explained who he is or why anyone should she goes so i thought it was a cm punk parody like when he came back after eight years he cut this emotional promo about how he never thought he'd be back this guy wasn't even gone for a year and he's pretending he would never know if he'd come back he was never injured and he came back like he was edge like she thought it was parody and when I tried to convince her she was wrong, I also tried to started to realize that a lot of what he said fell flat because it wasn't parody, and he really felt this way in a way that the context wasn't actually there, right? He's gone for nine months. He does paternity leave. He's not injured. He returns to a platform he was never on and says, welcome me back, but we don't know who you are to begin with. It was super flat to me and very weird before we even get into the Austin Theory stuff. What do you think about Gargano returning in such in this fashion? Because I've seen some people say they thought it was perfect. They thought it was amazing because the Montreal crowd would show the rest of the world how to react. But I also felt like it was clearly not the majority of the crowd. First off, they were in Toronto. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, 
see, I don't, to me, I don't think, I didn't see anything of it being a parody. Like, but that's also me knowing who he was. Yes. You know. Yes, which is why I could say it wasn't a parody, but why I couldn't argue why someone would think it was. I'm just trying to, you know, grasp my head around it right now about, you know, from the standpoint of somebody that doesn't know who he is. And, I mean, I could kind of see it, the parody aspect, but I just, I just think, you know, you do it in a different manner. You don't just have his music come out. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have the theory out there first, not the theory, mm-hmm. theory out there first, um, and then his music hits, oh, holy shit, like that, you know, but once again, that's me knowing who he is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I can see the parody aspect, like I said, and... Everything he was doing was falling flat. But I also think it was because he, to me, I was like, dude, you look like Orange Cassidy, like a colorful Orange Cassidy. Yeah. You know, outside of him sticking his hands in his pocket, like, if you say he was parodying Orange Cassidy, I'd be like, eh, I can believe it. He, he looks. Right. She was saying that he parodied his CM Punk's return. They pretended it was a yeah, massive yeah, no, deal. No, no. no intro needed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think you know, maybe that's Triple H's disconnect of we're NXT live. Mm-hmm. You know, because Gargano was a big deal in NXT. You know, he mentioned it. You know, the three-time yeah. North American champion, NXT champion. You know, tag champion, this and that. I just think, you know, we and we joked about it at SummerSlam. But I, you think he would, you know, especially expecting the return and the pop, you know, with just him coming out, you would think he would return on something Gargano was doing. Yeah. Or not Gargano, uh, Trump. Trump or Theory. I mean, if you want to put him in a story with theory, theory. he should be secondary. The fact it was focused on Mm -hmm. him was so weird and flat. Mm -hmm. And then I felt having theory come out made it worse. Because it reminded you of A, the horrible, horrible skits they did. But B, Gargano was half the size of theory. And people have given theory criticism for being small because he's constantly in programs with Bobby Lashley, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar, the largest men in the history he, of the universe. I understand, <laughs> but at the at the same time, I think he stacks up well against them. He does. Like the, the pose but, off with Bobby, I was like, holy shit! I didn't realize Theory was that big. Exactly, but he's also smaller at the end of the day. And when he stood side by side and nose to nose with John Cena during Cena's twenty year, everyone said, "Oh wow." theory is bigger than mm-hmm. i thought because he's always around people so much bigger than him it's like when cena was yeah. next to brock he looks small and you go man when bobby lashley was next to brock and you went oh man bobby's big you know what i mean like mm-hmm. 
when certain people stand against other people we know are big, you realize just how big those people are, right? And so Theory is always around people much larger than him, and he plays small, bumps crazy, uh, is a coward. So he kind of works like he's smaller. That when mm-hmm. he stood next to Gargano, I was like, oh, my God. It looks like Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. <laughs> I don't think it was that dramatic, but it was pretty yes, close. Yes, it was. It was like it was like that <laughs> meme with AJ and almost where they made AJ like the side, up to his knee. Like, it was bad, bad dude, and it didn't look good. I don't think he came off very well, and like, that's not to say that he couldn't or shouldn't be doing well, but I thought this was such a and it's like you said. I feel like Gargano is Triple H's blind blind spot. The same way a lot of people would say, "Oh, Vince Man likes this guy because of his body." doesn't matter he has no charisma or no ability to talk his body is such that Vince is going to push him mm-hmm. and then we have just example after example after example of these terrible guys who do horribly because they had such a good body and didn't do well Gargano is going to be that for Triple H I really feel like this crowd is not going to accept him with his pompous attitude his tiny size and his flat comedy I just think that he's not being utilized right because he's they're yeah. giving him this platform as though he's CM Punk coming back after eight years to an audience that's never seen him. This isn't AEW waiting for CM Punk to arrive. This is Raw watching these killers out there all the time and suddenly seeing some twerp from a show they've never watched. I don't think it landed right, man. I'm not trying to be mean about it, but honestly, I watched it and thought, oh, I guess Gargano's back and he thinks he's super important and he's smaller than ever. How am I supposed to, if I, if people say they don't believe Austin theory against Bobby, how are they going to believe Gargano against Drew McIntyre? And Drew McIntyre even posted a picture said, welcome back. And it showed them that they were evolved tag team champions together. And so it's them 10 years ago. And even then Drew McIntyre looks eight times larger than, than Gargano. Like, Gargano mm-hmm. looks like he's standing on a milk crate and still looks tiny. I just don't see how they're going to get there. See, I don't think... I don't think you bring back Gargano to be in that picture. Then why is he talking to Theory? Because Theory's in that picture. Because they have a history together. So you're either but, bringing Theory down or you're bringing Gargano up. Well, Theory's the only Money in the Bank champion or winner that I keep looking at thinking, who's going to take the briefcase off of him? I've never once thought he's going to cash it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. First it was Dolph. Now it's uh, Gargano. You know, like, I don't, I don't know what you do with Theory. Like, he was mm-hmm. in every, you know, segment before. Yeah. And, like, in everyone's business. Like, fucking Scooby-Doo. Yeah. And I don't know if you recover from that. Produce Later did say that she thought that with a Gargano, without having a raw history, that she doesn't understand why they didn't give Gargano the Theory treatment where Theory was clearly Vince McMahon's protege to bring him out. Mm -hmm. Trust us, he's a big deal. 
She said, why didn't they at least give us part of that with Triple H? Maybe Triple H comes out, gets a big reaction. Hey, guys, I want you to know this guy's going to be a major player. Give him that chosen one moment that Drew McIntyre had with Vince 20 years ago. We don't call him the chosen one. I don't call him a future world champion. But say, I'm really excited to get this guy back. We almost lost him. You know what I mean? And then I mean, give they him, can, they can make still... people feel like he's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, they can still do that. I don't think it's lost. Anymore. It's too late now. He's done for me. He's dead. <laughs> There's no turning back he was, ever. He was dead the 15th time he lost the world title match. It's mm, true. That's a good point. He's Chicago takeover is done. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe that's the reason why you get him involved with Maybe. Harry was Vince's guy. Gargon was my guy. Maybe. Could you see Gargano cashing in on Roman? It'd be fucking cool. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I just felt like it was super unfortunate. And I felt like there was I felt like there were several ways we could have done this better to make Gargano seem more important. And I felt like this flat fell so flat and he is absolutely in the blind spot of Triple H. He doesn't understand how this isn't working. You know what I mean? Yeah. They give too much trust to this guy. That's just my opinion. I mean, I'm sure he's a really nice guy. I'm sure he's awesome. I've only heard nice things about him. If I'm honest, I've heard people talk about meeting him and knowing him and that he's just the greatest. And I bet that's all true. And I don't mean to be disrespectful and a jerk. And he probably will block me online. And that's fine. But you are. But that's how I feel about it. Is it just feels like this fell so flat and didn't have to. Because I was really trying to watch it like... Look, I know I'm not a big fan of what he did in NXT, but this is raw. Maybe he's going to be something different. Maybe it's something mm-hmm. new. Like, what do we got? And I just kept feeling like, what is happening? It's going on forever, yeah. going nowhere, and seems dumb. And now he's like a quarter of the size of Theory and kicks them. Yeah. No, he did. Barely reached. <laughs> I mean, he did fall flat. Do you think maybe this is, since the women keep getting hurt, this is the bridge from NXT to the main roster. Yeah. Show Gargano a few times and then Gargano goes to NXT. That'd be neat. That could be really neat. Wouldn't hate it. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It did, like, don't get me wrong, like, it did fall flat. I'm glad Gargano's back. I, I like Gargano. But this is one of those I do think they backed themselves into a corner here. It's not terrible, but, and, you know, it's easy to get out of, but mm-hmm. where do you go from here? Yeah. And to be honest, the idea of a theory Gargano match does not excite me. But I don't know what Gargano match does. Because I saw a lot of people being like, who but, should Gargano face up against? And a lot of people were getting a lot you, of options, and none of them were hitting for me. But if you hype up Gargano, showing, like moving forward, showing his past and next piece, he was this. He was this. Look at this. Look at this. And then Theory beats him because when was the last time Theory beat a, somebody that made or that was any kind of important? He beat mm-hmm. Dolph. Yeah. Dolph's been losing a bunch. Yeah. It's true. I could see actually Gargano versus uh, Mustafa Ali, I think would be really good. Or even Cedric might be cool. 
don't know. I, don't get me wrong. I, I think Gargano could put on ma- amazing matches with almost anyone on the, the roster. Hmm. You know, just like Finn versus uh, Brock with that Survivor Series. Yeah. Was it Survivor Series? Yeah. It was Rumble. You know, like it was... It, was it Rumble? Oh, yeah, it was Rumble. Like, it was a good match. No one thought Finn stood a chance. But he, you know, he hung with them and, you know, made yeah. it believable. And I, I think Finn's much better than Gargano in that regard. I don't know that... I, because he had a lot of non-believable matches in NXT. Yeah. But I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see where they go, who they pair him with, and what, what happens. But, like, this did not excite me for what's next for him. This felt like such a lame fart. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in seeing what's next. I may not be invested in it like they're hoping, but yeah. I am curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I'll give you that. Because it did fall. It was pretty cool. And I think that there's an argument you made. It came off parody, like. Because, I, like I said, at first I was like, no, it's not a parody. And like you said, I know him enough as a character to say this is obviously him serious. But when the argument was made that this came off like a CM Punk parody, I started seeing a lot of I started seeing a lot of it. Yep. He came in. Yeah. It was a cold, cold uh, uh, reaction. Not even a cold reaction, like a cold, a cold intro into it. Like there was nothing to lead up to it. Oh. Nobody said anything. Commentary laid out entirely. They didn't say a single word. Until Theory came mm-hmm. out. They just let him go out there and talk. No one say anything. This is Johnny Gargano for the next 10 minutes. And it yeah. was a whole lot of talking about his baby. Like, it was baby face stuff. I spent time with my family. I had a baby. I changed diapers. Mm-hmm. And you go, okay, so he's a good guy. That's a good guy thing to do. But also, he started talking like, I didn't know if I'd ever come back. And you're like, you weren't injured and you didn't have the baby. Like, and you didn't have a falling out. Like, you weren't fired either. You just didn't re-sign a contract that was offered you, like... I also felt like there was a huge disconnect there too. Why did you think you'd never come back when you had a good relationship with the company, you weren't injured, and you were at the top of your game when you left? Why did you think you couldn't come back? At least go that way. You know what I mean? Karrion Cross has been saying that, you know, the boss didn't like him. At the very least, mm. say something, you know? Yeah. Um, the main event, though, Edge versus Damian Priest, uh, I thought was a pretty awesome match. At the end of it, Rhea Ripley comes out, tries to uh, attacks Edge, and Finn is out there. Beth Phoenix gets involved, and we have kind of a stare down of Beth Phoenix and Rhea. To me, that was the most interesting part of it, although Edge did win, and that was cool. It was a fun match. To me, the big takeaway was that we might see a Beth Phoenix intro into here, and potentially Beth versus Rhea could be awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But we've been speculating we knew- that we we're going to get there. Right. I was gonna say I, we. I don't want to say we knew because obviously we didn't know, but yeah, like you said, we were speculating that it was gonna happen, and then it happened. And for a minute there, though, like when Edge comes out and he's kind of walking around, and they show Beth, and you know they lock eyes, and you know you can see Beth word "I love you," and she looks emotional. Mm-hmm. And for a second, like maybe more than a second, but for a while there, like, I was like, shit, is this Edge's last match? Mm-hmm. Like, he kind of felt retired-ish to me. Did you see what happened after the match? 
uh, with Beth going out there with the chair? No, no, no. After the show went off the air, um, Edge oh, cut no. a promo to the audience and said that August 2023, they're doing another show in Toronto, like a big, it's like Survivor Series or SummerSlam or something like that. And that's going to be it? He had the the way he worded it was like it would be really nice to finish my career there. He's got like two mm-hmm. more years left, but he said that that might be the retirement. So, I, I I saw something online about Edge saying the retirement's in sight or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, he has to retire right? At some point, yeah, he's got to finish it up. He can't wrestle forever. Like, he's no Undertaker. Well. Oh, 100%. But, I mean, if you were Edge, you would want to retire in your hometown. Well, I guess any wrestler would want to retire in your hometown. But... Well, but also, in Edge's specific case, a lot of wrestlers, you know, want to want to finish the way they want to feel done, right? Shawn Michaels felt done in Phoenix with The Undertaker. It was a bow on the story, right? Um, I think what makes it especially different for edge was that the whole career was taken away from him in a way he mm-hmm. couldn't close up that at this point it's how poetic can I end it? You know what I mean? What would mm-hmm. be the ultimate cherry on top for me? Like not just the story, but can I actually set the scene of when and where, you know, mm-hmm. where a lot of them just want that story to close it out. Look, I just want to wrap it up this way, you know? And a lot of them are just taken away from out from under them. They wouldn't they what they wouldn't give to have had their last match here, there, or with that person, you know. So I think mm. that I think there's a lot there with Edge as far as like it'd be really nice to end my career in my hometown. Mm. Okay. Do you think it's against member of Judgment Day? No, no, I don't. I don't think in a year he's still doing Judgment Day stuff. I think it's probably against Gangrel. No. <laughs> Yeah, probably Adam Cole it's come be, back and close him out. It'd be interesting if it was Dom. Dominic would be good. Dominic would be good. I think I think it's my choice right now is Dom. I was yeah. gonna say Terry, but I think Dom has way more passing than the torch. I could see KO, yeah. another Canada boy. Yeah. The Jericho will be back. Jericho will be back for sure. Samoa Joe will be back by then. <laughs> yeah. I think Samoa Joe's going to actually beat up be Tony Khan. Tony, yeah, Samoa Joe's going to beat up Tony Khan to get out of his contract and actually take the rights to Ring of Honor back to WWE. Say, so not only am I here, but I brought all the rights to, to Ring of Honor too. He's just going to bully. And see, I was, and see, I was going to say minority stake in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, and some stake in the Jaguars. Too. <laughs> Turns out WWE is part owners of the Jaguars now. What happened? Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Um, but I thought it was an awesome way to end the show. If you're in Canada, ended up with uh, was it Edge's first time in Canada in over ten years? Like, why not? The idea of using Beth in there. He's been in Canada. Not wrestling. Not wrestling at all. He was a Viking. I, I thought, well, I thought that was funny when they said that. Like, a few times they just said, Edge is back in Toronto for the first time in 10 years. And like, I'm pretty sure that. Well, I think he lives in but North then, Carolina, yeah. doesn't he? I don't know. But he's probably got family there. 
Yeah, like he's got yeah. he's had to lose one or two times. But then, uh, then a couple times they re- reiterated wrestling in Canada or you know having a match in Toronto. Yeah, and it's like okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that's for sure. All right. Well, anything else you want to say about the shows? I think I'm ready for last call. Um. Yeah, I think I'm good. Awesome. And it's been really cool. It's been really fun. I saw some people talking uh, some shite on Triple H saying, so he's had a couple of good weeks. And I was like, okay, but let's not pretend he's only had a couple of good weeks of creative or performing. or anything. Like, it's really funny to me. But I like stirring the pot. And that's why I'm here, to have the conversation and stir the pot. Well, it's, it's, it's just the haters. Yeah. The haters. It's amazing. I like, love it. I feed it. Come on. And many of the, you know, a lot of these guys are just AEW marks. And fine. You like what yeah. you like. That's, but yeah. don't sit there and be like, well, Triple H has had a couple good times. You guys have never once led in the ratings, if you want to look at that. Yeah. You know, like, don't act like Triple H came in with beginner's luck and got, like, three twenty ones in a row. And, you know, is riding this wave of hot streak. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's come back or came in brought a new level of excitement that we haven't seen in a while and he continues to deliver. It's yeah. not luck. It's not it's not beginner's luck. It's hey, he's had this vision and like it's amazing. Dude, and it's like we've been saying I'm having fun. Yeah, and it's like we've been saying for a long time, at least lean into your bias. There's nothing wrong with having mm-hmm. a bias. What's wrong is when you mm-hmm. pretend you don't and you do. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, I know I'm coming on tomorrow night to talk nothing but shit about AEW because I have a bias. Mm-hmm. They they have to deliver and they have to prove me wrong because I'm going in there not expecting to enjoy it, right? Mm-hmm. I have a bias and I'm fully aware of it, but I'm willing to talk it out and I'm willing to hear the other side and I want to hear the other side. I come into those shows like, hey, please convince me why I should have liked this so I can start to like this. Where a lot of these people just go in there and they they... they they want to hate it. They want to hate it more, and they don't want to pretend that they're unbiased at it. Look, objectively speaking, this is the worst thing. And you're like, no, that's not an objectively speaking mannerism. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. being heavily biased. But I start the conversation with that. Look, I'm very biased in this conversation, so this is where I stand on it. Let's help me move out of that bias. Or yeah. we won't sway my bias, but I'm not going to pretend there isn't one. Hey, this probably was bad, but I really enjoyed it because I'm biased. You know what I mean? Just be aware yeah. of it and acknowledge it and talk about it because that's the fun part is that we're all here to talk about it and have fun because this is all goofy stuff to talk about to begin with. 100%. And, and, you know, that's what, like we said earlier with the marks. I'm happy to be a mark. Yeah, Let that's me the best part. <laughs> enjoy what I want. Like, when I'm surprised, great. You know, like. Oh, yeah. 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 It's not a, it, mark is not a bad word. Yeah, Xbox even said that his favorite part of wrestling is sometimes he still gets worked. That's his favorite part yeah. when he gets worked. I yeah. love being that's yeah, that's I'm right there with him, hundred percent. Yeah. Work me, baby, work me. Yeah, let's do it. That's what I'm here for. I'm here because yeah. I'm a mark and I want to get worked. Let's do it. Yeah. I should be an easy target. Let's hit it. Yeah. Right? I want it's it. It's like riding a roller coaster. You're not yeah. riding a roller coaster because you're gonna be like, Oh, this is gonna be an enjoyable little Stroll, you, you want the excitement, you want the unexpected twists and turns. Even yeah. if you've ridden it 50 times, 
you're still getting, you know, your adrenaline going. And yeah. Being excited for it. Like, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I'm going to be ready for last call. I do want to shout out one more time. Thomas Ashbourne, old-fashioned, available at Fawn's, Albertson's, Total Wine, John Cena-style old-fashioned drink. Check it out. Sponsored, Vons. not sponsored. Vons. That's what they call it. It sounded like you said Vons. I don't know what I said, man. I've already had half this bottle. <laughs> I could have said anything. <laughs> Guys, I'll be back tomorrow night Happy with, day. with a brand new episode one with Miss Amanda Jane. And whoever decides they want to come in, just hit me up. Let me know you want to come chat about it. We'll talk AEW. Uh, I'm not looking forward to watching it tonight, but it is happening as we speak. And uh, we'll drink about it. We'll drink it away. They got at Kevlar on the rocks over there with an X. We are at WOTR the show, and I am at Ref Marsh. And guys, this is Last Call. Cheers. Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Left eye and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.